0: Welcome back into another episode of The Owen Show. I am Owen Burke, joined, per usual, by Tim Hunt. Nice week off last week. Back to business. Back to business, episode 15. Business as usual, episode 15. Got a lot of football to talk about. Obviously, missing a week is going to throw us off another week. We have a lot to catch up on. Um, We're going to hop into it. I've got, of course, I didn't tell you about this beforehand, so surprise. yeah. Fan questions. Okay. So, um... We've got we got one NBA one, so I'm gonna start there. Okay. Kind of tail
1: through. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll get
0: to the NFL and then we'll continue okay. on normally. So, um, this one comes from Chauncey Gardner. He says he wants us to do the start bench cut for him. These three NBA point guards. Okay. Dejounte Murray, De'Aaron Fox, Darius Garland. Mm. This is tough, and I haven't been following the league as much this year as I have wanted to. Um. My instant reaction... I don't know. I want to say De'Aaron Fox. Cut start. De'Aaron Fox? Oh, no, start I want to say start. Okay. Because I know how good De'Aaron Fox is, but I'm a huge Dejounte Murray guy. And DeJounte Murray's having a fantastic year to boot. So, I don't know. I honestly didn't 100% think about this before we...
1: Well, I wish I had known it was coming. That would have been Yeah, like... <laughs>
0: I saw that I had a missed call from Shay, and then I checked my Snapchat, and I was like, "Oh yeah,
1: I forgot that these are sitting here." I I have I I think I'm gonna start Fox, and then sit Murray, and then cut Darius Garland. Yeah, I because I, I I'll say this. I mean, one Fox is the most proven guy out of all of them. I would
0: agree. Yeah.
1: And this and this the the one knock I have against Garland could be said for all three of these guys is his situation is making him better than he probably actually is, right? Excuse me. And you could say that for all three of them, right? The Kings are not a great team. Cleveland is not a great team. Sacramento is not a great team. Mm -hmm. So it's not like any of these guys are excused from it, but I think Garland is benefiting the most from it. So... I'm looking at the numbers, and I thought, like, I thought I was just gonna
0: ride with the hot take and take Dejounte Murray. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm gonna start Dejounte Murray. I'm gonna bench Darren Fox. I'm gonna cut Darius Garland. Okay, Dejounte Murray's having a great. year. He's averaging 18, eight, eight, eight 18 points, eight rebounds, nine assists, yeah. two steals a game. Kids having a fantastic year in San Antonio. I've always been a hu- I think he's fitting Pop's system perfectly. He is a a two way finisher.
1: A Which is which, which is right up Pop's alley. Pop like look at what he did for Kawhi Leonard. Like it feels I mean, they're not the same player, obviously, mm-hmm. but he plays a lot like
0: Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. except he doesn't he doesn't have the ball as much, he doesn't make as many mistakes, not in the media spotlight as much, obviously. Right. So he's a very, very talented guy. But I, I do agree De'Aaron Fox is definitely the most proven out of the three. Yeah. That's probably your safest bet.
1: Well, and he has other stars that he plays with. Yeah, or all stars, I should say. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, um, guys that have been there. Why am I blanking on on the the shooting guard's name? That's there. Buddy Healed. There it is. Yeah, it was just skipping my mind. Yeah. He plays with Buddy Healed, so he has to share it with some amount of talent. I mean, I know Taco Fall plays for the Cavaliers. <laughs> I know they have Ricky Rubio. I know they have Kevin Love they just traded
0: for Rondo. So yeah, Kevin
1: Mobley's a stud. Their center that they drafted this
0: last year. He's a freaking nature. Um I saw a clip the other day. Um, he did like an up and under layup underneath the basket, like, and they put it side by side with Dr. J's, like mm-hmm. the the famous, yeah, old yeah. And I was like, that is a sinner. I was like, this kid's gonna. Run the effing league one day. It is quite terrifying to see. I'll tell
1: I, that. I would be lying if I said I ever have watched any Cleveland Cavaliers games. At I don't all this blame year. you. Trust me. But I don't I, even think when the Knicks play them, I don't think I watch. The
0: thing that sucks for the Cavs is there's so, so much young talent there. Colin Sexton and Darius Garland are very good. The issue is is if I had to rank their like top six best players, five of them play either the four or the five. Oh. Jared Allen's there, Kevin Love's there. That was the
1: Knicks. Larry, Not that long like ago. there is,
0: there's so much. Lori Markinen, I think, is still in Cleveland. I could be wrong about that. He is, yes. Like there's so much talent in their front court; it's absolutely insane. And another issue is that none of them can play small forward, so they're all
1: jammed into the four and the five. I'm surprised Kevin Love is honestly still there. I yeah, I would agree. I figured he would have been cut. We've a heard long the time ago. Kevin
0: Love to contender thing for years now. Yeah, and it he just hasn't happened. Still stuck. So. Um, we're going to, we're going to tack this one into kind of our college football stuff here. Okay. Since this one is a college football question and then we got an NFL question and we'll hop into our NFL stuff. Okay. So, um, this one, um, doesn't have a name next to it. They just kind of wanted our opinions on this tweet and it's, it's, a um, curbs. Kurt Herbstreet criticizing players who ah. opt out of bowl games to prep for the NFL draft, and thinks this era of player just doesn't love football.
1: Okay, so I feel like a lot of people have talked about this already, and Kurt Herbstreet already kind of backed down from those comments already. As he should because they're asinine. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous. I, I have a couple things like this makes me want to rant about college football and why I don't enjoy college football as a whole. But let's let's stick with the one issue. They have millions and millions of dollars on the line, right? Mm. Now, I get the argument of they will probably regret someday not playing in this, not being there with their team for these moments. I think what this shows is college football has devalued its own bowl game so much. I
0: 110% agree.
1: I don't put this on the athletes. I put this on college football because I can't remember. Somebody else made this argument, and I heard it. It was like if you played in the Rose Bowl 10 years ago, it it was a big deal. I yes,
0: I, I know exactly what you're talking about. like 20 years ago you're like Tom Brady's a Rose Bowl champ, champ and they're one. like that's huge. Like right. that's a big that is a resume. That goes on your Wikipedia page, yeah. you know, like Rose Bowl champ. Now it's just who cares? You no, know, like CJ Stroud's Rose Bowl champ they're like I fucking Yeah. I, mean, who I didn't even I didn't I didn't even blade in the ring. Yeah, it's, who like, cares. Yeah. And and I agree because like look at all the names of the bowls. Yeah, the PUBG Mobile bowl, I have the Is
1: that is that real? Yes, oh, I didn't know that. Dude,
0: just look at all the bowl like they've sold out these and and I agree. I I side with the player as in they should have the choice to do whatever they want with right. no judgment from either side. So Matt Carroll went out and decided to play for Old Miss. You have hundred percent right to go out there and play. Yeah, he hurt his shoulder, and he could possibly fall from now a top ten pick, and he could fall to the end of the first round and into the second because he won't be healthy come the off season.
1: The and and they have no obligation to play. Yeah. like who do they owe They're not it, making it to money? college
0: football is sold all these naming rights and made everything about making money and the players don't profit a dime you know where they profit a dime the nfl draft that they're preparing for that
1: they're skipping the game for i'm sorry they owe it to their teammates but their teammates understand why they're not playing yeah they're not the ones upset it's always the fans or the analysts or, or these people who are making you know so in the nfl you play for the fans because the fans are the one who pay your salary right exactly like there's a direct connection of why why you should care about your fan base and things like that yeah in college football there's a disconnect because any money that a college football fan spends doesn't directly go to that player it goes to the athletic department which then gets dumped into something else there's there's no one-to-one line and i think
0: sometimes that gets lost on even college football fans right they try to act like there's the same level of loyalty here yeah and there's not the players know it because and of course they're making money now but it's nowhere near what they would make in the nfl and it's nowhere near what they probably would be making if Contracts were like the NFL are like yeah. the, the, the money and the recruiting and all these things that these guys bring like guys like how much money did Adrian Peterson make OU when he was there? How much money did Johnny Manziel make Texas A&M when right. he was there? Like even if NIL deals were a thing back then. He still would not have made as much money as he would have if he had that success at the NFL level.
1: So let's even talk about NIL and why it doesn't directly fix the problem in college football. It's a start. It's a start, but it doesn't solve the problem. So as an OU fan, that's great that I can go to an autograph signing and pay the kid 50 bucks an hour or whatever. Like that creates some of that one-to-one. But I can't go buy his jersey and he makes money off of it. Or you know what I mean? He yeah. can't like it still is limiting how much money these kids are getting from if I go to the game and pay for a ticket, he doesn't he's not making any money off nope. of that.
0: That's if the, I buy a ten dollar soda, it doesn't help them at all. It doesn't right. go there.
1: It doesn't go directly to them. So yeah. like that's the I think there's still a disconnect there of like what the programs do. And the I transfer is
0: always gonna be there.
1: And I like the transfer portal. I think – and this is – I genuinely believe this. I was thinking about this today actually is college football needs to go away and make a rule head coaches can no longer recruit. Mm. And you need to have a recruiting department. So none of the, the coaches can go out and recruit. It's only your recruiting department and you hire a, you know, a, a head of recruiting or whatever you want to call it, like a yeah. head scout for the NFL. So just like the NFL where there's a GM and they do all the personnel stuff – and then you have a head coach. I think college football needs to do the same thing because these these coaches have horrible lives because they're just constantly, Oh, we can go get this guy now. And then they have to go in, they have to recruit him, they have to go to his house, they have to do these it's things. A,
0: it's a brutal cycle, and it's a brutal cycle for the kids. And as well as the transfer portal, like and big names can walk in and out of the transfer portal as much as they want, but there's right. small, small time kids that are trying to transfer, they get denied a year or like you can go, but you'll lose a year of eligibility if yeah. you transfer now. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lincoln Riley can up and leave at three a.m. and go to and go out to L.A. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and who there's cares? No, there's no punishment. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, it, there's zero reparations for it afterwards. There's
1: just such it's it's such a broken sport. I mean, everything we've said is like, well, it works one way, but it doesn't work the other way, and then it's like. There's a reason the NFL is better, and this yeah, and is part of that reason. There's
0: certain problems, and, like, it's okay to – nothing's perfect. The NFL has its issues. College football has its issues. The thing uh, is is that all the issues in college football benefit one side and they screw over the other side. There's no, like,
1: well, it sucks on both ends. Either
0: well, either it, it benefits the players and it hurts the coaches or
1: the – The problem is is it screws over the people you're rooting for. Yeah. That's the problem is is it hurts the person that you're it hurts invested the players in. players as
0: well, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean – to get back to the point, one, I think it's it's a cowardly statement to make because it, it's it's easy to make, it's easy to say, and it's a coward thing to come out and say something to, like yeah, that. Yeah, to sit behind a desk and be like, yeah, yeah. He played football at, at Ohio State. Kurt Her- Herbstreet did, I believe. Yeah, and I and Tim Tebow is kind of that same way. He has that same passion, that same love, and everything like that. And you're like, it's easy to look back at the glory days and go, man, I wish I did this. Man, I wish I had done that. It's like, hard, man, I'm
0: glad I did that. It's
1: harder – yeah, it's harder to make those decisions in the moment and to call out a 21-year-old or a 20-year-old kid for sitting out a bowl game because they're – Matt Crow's looking at a $50 million contract. Yeah, it, and,
0: that's, and that's the thing that – like if you are projected as a top 10 pick yes your stock could go up if you go out there and play first of all you risk injury obviously it's it's
1: risk your stock reward. can also
0: go down like even if you play well and you don't get hurt you could drop from a top 5 pick to a top 20 pick so, and the contract difference there is huge. huge and i don't think anybody really realizes that pick 5 is a big money deal and pick 20 is
1: still solid it's better than second or third round but the difference between those 15 spots is huge money wise If you're Matt Corral, what so let's say he's projected to go in the top 10 and obviously the process hasn't happened so we who knows where he ends up Yeah but what does he have to gain what he has to gain is so much smaller than what he has to lose he could lose. He could follow the first round if he goes out there and tears an ACL or something. Yeah, which you know he I mean? hurt
0: his shoulder. we right. I don't know. I haven't really followed up. I don't know the extent of the injury. But there's a chance, like, I think all mock drafts I saw was him going, he was going to be the last quarterback off the board in the first 10 picks. He was going to go, like, pick 9, pick 10, which, of course, in this process, that's always the guy that goes at 4 or 5 after the first two QBs go. Because um, rarely ever do he It's very rare to see a QB. I mean, I know Justin Fields went at 11 last year, and it's starting to happen more. But, like, either QBs go top three or -hmm. they go, like, 20, like 15, 15, 20. So, it's it's very – he was in that weird spot where he probably would have moved up or fell back six picks. But now he's got the shoulder injury, which is going to be a thing that he's going to have to deal with, and it might affect his pro day, might affect the combine going forward. So, like, it's just – it's one of those things I agree. The risk to reward is not there, and it should 100% be up to the players to make that decision. And there should be no – I don't think anyone, coaches, analysts, fans, teammates, yeah, NFL coaches should have any right – to be like that's a you made the wrong decision. Yeah. That is, that is a decision that that player makes and that is a decision they live with. Yes, 100%. absolutely.
1: Yeah, they have to live with their own demons there if Agreed. it's the wrong decision. All right, let's let's talk about the games. Uh which, yeah. one, which one do you want to start out with? Um let's start with Alabama since it was yeah, the first game. I think that's the first game and it's probably the easier to talk about. Horrible game. Absolutely awful game to watch. It was I mean that game was over I mean, after the second second half, like it was closer than I thought it would be after the first half. But I said second wise, half, yeah. But it was never really a game. We knew that's what it was going to be, and I'm glad. Like, and
0: everyone was like, "Fake undefeateds don't belong in the college football playoffs." So I was like. We're gonna have to let some of these smaller undefeated teams make it in for us to learn that they don't belong. belong. Like We've we've edged out UCF for two years. We've edged out these smaller teams. Yeah, he stay in the past. Yeah, yeah, like we've knocked these guys out of playoff contention. Like we have to let them in for three or four years and let them get dog walked for us to be like, this is why we're not. I, you in.
1: I don't even have a problem with Cincinnati getting in because. I mean, I feel like they deserve the shot to at least try. I agree. If You went 12-0, and 0 and they beat some teams. They beat Notre like... Dame, and Notre Dame was the fifth-ranked team in the country. Mm-hmm. So you
0: can't sit they, there. I think – hot take. I think Cincinnati had more competition this year than Georgia did, but that's, yeah. a, that's a conversation that we can have when we get to the Georgia game.
1: But, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, I really – I wish I had more to add to this game, but it was kind of what I expected it to be, to be yeah. honest with you.
0: It's – this is the issue with college football playoffs as is right now. You're we'll, have Two we'll, SEC teams. And yeah,
1: let's get let's get to the problem after we go over the two games, and yeah. then we can then we'll dive more into that. Um, Georgia, Michigan. Um, I was disappointed. I was disappointed At too. I, I thought I thought it was going to be a really good game. Uh, Georgia kind of had Michigan's number all night. They couldn't do. I mean, Georgia's fast is really what I took away from that game. I, I was like. Michigan was a physical football team. That was kind of the recipe for winning all season. Yeah. And then Georgia just outran them everywhere. Um, it wasn't as close as I thought it would be. I will say this for Michigan fans. You can't call that season a disappointment at all. I mean, I don't know. The fact you beat Ohio State for the first time and you made the college football like, playoffs. You had a
0: lot of firsts. Like, you wanted this season to happen earlier, but this is supposed to be a stepping stone year. Yes. Now, yeah. if the reports are true and Jim Harbaugh might be going back to the NFL, that's an issue. But that's that is a...
1: I don't think he's going, but anyways. I don't. I
0: don't think so either. But that's a, again, that's a thing that you have to address when it happens. Yeah. You can't sit here and be like, "What if he leaves?" You're yeah. not gaining anything for freaking out about it. It is what it is.
1: If it, this is the most relevant Michigan has been since Lloyd Carr left, yeah, I would say I would so agree. That's um, a huge success for your season,
0: at least positively relative. Because remember the first couple of years that Harbaugh was there, like they were doing good, and then you had the you know the muff punt, yeah, Michigan State and. Can't beat Ohio State. I
1: I mean, in a in a reality, like in a way that matters. This is the most relevant. This is the most relevant season they've had in a long time. I would agree. Since probably freaking Tom Brady was there twenty years ago. Yeah. Agreed. Um. Okay, now let's talk about the problem. This is the national championship game. No one wants to watch because we've already seen it this season.
0: SEC title game rematch. Yeah, it's gonna go the exact same day. Like, and it'd be different if. It wouldn't be that much different, but, like, it'd be a little bit more exciting if Georgia would have won the SEC title game, because I'd be like, okay. Well, it, it, it's the Bama same wouldn't th-
1: have been in, but, yeah, I see what I, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I agree.
0: It's the same thing as, like, Belichick. If, like, if Belichick and the Bills meet in the playoffs again, it's like, all right, third matchup.
1: Right. Robert and it's 1-1, one one. yeah. It's 1-1, one,
0: one, like, because I expect Belichick to make the chess move to get back in the driver's seat. And right. whereas, like... If Georgia would have won, I would have been like, all right, what is Saban going to do? You had the extra game of tape on him. What are you going to do now? Whereas they went out and just walked Georgia in the SEC title game three weeks ago, and we're going to see the exact same thing happen again.
1: Okay, yeah. And that's the problem is Nick Saban has always outcoached Kirby Smart. Like, it's every game.
0: He's, he's outcoached not just Kirby Smart. Everyone that has come from his coaching tree yeah. has been done. Lane Kiffin has had issues. They cannot beat Nick Saban. Yeah. Which is, I mean,
1: it's that's how it is. There has been no no Padawan to take down the Jedi Master yet. I, I want to. I feel like we're ragging on college football here, and we are. But I want to. I want to make sure we're clear. I loved college football at one point. Yep. My, my family had season tickets to Syracuse football when they won four games, and we went to all 12 games. And you could not have been happier. Or we went Saturday. to all six games, and every they won four days. games that entire season, and two of them were probably on the road. They yeah. were awful. And you could not have been happier every Saturday going to those games. No, I loved I loved college football. I had a love – my when I was younger, I, I would say I was definitely a bigger college football fan until I was like you know in my teens, and then I would say NFL kind of took NFL over for me. Over. The thing I'll say – is college football to me is like the girlfriend you date and you like some things about her and there's some things you know when you're in the relationship it's fine and then you go out and date someone else and you're like wow that sucked like that yeah. was actually really it, it's lame. your first long-term
0: relationship so you really don't see the problems until until you're removed you're, from the situation exactly
1: and then you're in your second relationship and you're like wait a minute yeah, wait. This, this, there are a lot of things
0: that are better here. Yeah, this is way...
1: And that's how I feel about college football the NFL, where it's like, the NFL, you have no idea. Like, any team, like, in the AFC... Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, anything could happen. You don't, We. you know... <laughs> the Jags could beat the Bills 12-9, to 12-3. Right. The Jets were competitive with the Bucks last week, like... Any game could be entertaining out of nowhere. Any team can like. Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Like Nick it's just in Foles. The problem with college football is is it's never that entertaining. It ends up being two SEC teams against each other in the end, and it's not it's not fun. Yeah, I would agree. It's just not fun. Um, as far as Georgia goes, um, everybody's been talking about them all
0: year. They've been talking about the crazy defensive stats. I just said it a couple seconds ago. I really don't think their schedule was that crazy this year. No, when I look at this, they beat Clemson, who was the number three team in the nation
1: at the time. Who
0: were that was week one? They were utter disappointments all year. It was a ten to three win. So Clemson had one of its worst
1: seasons in the last five years. Yeah,
0: it was the I think it's the worst season they've had in the last five years. Um, They beat UAB, um, South Carolina. They beat Vanderbilt sixty two to nothing. Oh, Arkansas was eight at the time. I remember they were riding hot, but it was one of those teams again where Arkansas was 8, they were riding hot, they lost 37-0 to Georgia, and they fell out of the top 25. Mm -hmm. Uh, They beat Auburn, who was 18, who had another disappointing year. Their highlight of the season was going to four overtimes against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. They beat 11-Kentucky, which they were the same way. They beat Florida. They hopped all the way up to 11, lost, fell out of the top 25 two weeks later. They beat Florida. They beat Missouri, Tennessee. Another unknown school, Georgia Tech, and then they lost Alabama. So like, right. I'm not seeing any strength to schedule. So everyone's been talking about how dominant Georgia's been all year, and I was like, it's pretty good. It's pretty easy to look dominant when you play Tennessee and Vanderbilt, or like you know, that's the level of competition. Like they're playing the SEC. I was like, that's the problem. Like the SEC gets this like uh, elite status. And of, I'm like, one that puts it on them more often than not because at the high end. It's the best version of college football. Oh yeah,
1: it is the most top. But the problem is, is like the middle and top heavy. Yeah, the middle and the low end suck just like everyone else. Yeah. Like I get that the ACC probably only has like two good teams a year, and the Pac-12 is probably in that same spot where it's like two or three good. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have one great team, and then like two or three good teams. The SEC normally has like three or four great teams. Yeah. But then everyone else forgets that the rest of it just is
0: awful mizzou sucks vanderbilt sucks south carolina is not great arkansas had a decent year but ended a way that we usually do kentucky's a basketball school right like tennessee florida is capable of surprises they had a down year this year as well
1: like right so i still hate that firing for them but that's besides. i would the agree point. i think
0: it was a year too early yeah but,
1: i would have kept dan mullins around but
0: uh i don't know I've, well, I can't talk about Florida because we'll sit here and talk for another 20 minutes, okay, because we've um, spent a
1: lot of time on college. I'll get
0: into their roster and everything and it's well like if you just look at the the East standings this year, Georgia was eight and no. The next up team is Kentucky at five and or, So Georgia was thirteen and one, Kentucky was ten and three, Tennessee seven and six, and then everybody else is below five. right. that's, that's, that's exactly, their side of the SEC.
1: Yeah, that's where it doesn't really s- s- differentiate between the conference of you know what I mean? And I really and people are like, well, what would happen if you stuck Kentucky in a different conference? I'm like, I don't know. We have no way of knowing that. I think the SEC
0: needs to realize that the, I mean, I guess until anybody else realizes that there's no need for you to do anything about it. If everyone's going to give you this Power Five best conference, and you know, 62-0 win over Vanderbilt looks good on your schedule, then don't change it. But when people realize, I think the SEC needs to be like, all right, we're splitting this conference actually in half. We're going to become two conferences, separate. Not east and west. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna take the good teams into this side and
1: then Mizzou, Kentucky, Tennessee. You don't wanna do that because you lose the value there. So then if Georgia and and Bama have to play each other in the regular season, it's not as entertaining. Fair enough. And you hurt your chances of getting two teams into the college football playoffs. That's true.
0: I can see that as well. And like I said, you don't make that jump until
1: somebody else figures it out outside of
0: the two people in the middle of Kansas.
1: And and here's the thing. People were really excited about Texas and Oklahoma going over to SEC. I don't think it's good for the sport because, if anything, the only thing it's going to do is make Texas and Oklahoma less relevant because you can't have four teams in the SEC make the playoffs or three teams Whereas at least when those two teams were in the Big 12, if they went out and had a great season, at least they were entertaining going into the playoffs. Yeah, Maybe they're going to get trampled. It's but... going to
0: make the SEC more top-heavy if they can stay afloat. Like We've yeah. seen a lot of these moves that have not been. Like Mizzou did not pan out. Texas A&M hasn't panned out, but they currently have the number one recruiting class in the nation, which is – Do is, they really? Yeah, right? That's exactly what I said. Didn't know that. And talk about another Lincoln Riley, his jump USC, Jimbo Fisher – Left Florida State in the middle of the night and got to Texas A&M on a 10-year deal. That's true. And everyone was going after him. And now all of a sudden, I think they've got three of the top five recruits for this year's ESPN Top 300,
1: huh. which
0: is insanity to me. They went 8-4 and four last year, so they're on the rise. Like, OU and Texas are going to struggle for a while. And yeah. there's a chance with the Lincoln-Riley departure that OU falls to the cellar. Because they, they're they're a lot better off than Texas is right now. The issue is is that the most stable part of your team just left for L.A. Right. The reason that you were so comfortable going to the SEC was because you had you say that, Riley.
1: Who knows? Maybe Bob Stoops un- unhangs the hat and takes over the program. I don't know. It seems like all the players love it, but can it be sustainable? Is the thing. I don't know. I don't That's have the answer the, to that. For the
0: Cinderella story, that was amazing. College, I don't know.
1: College football keeps shooting itself in the foot is the point we're trying to make. Jack it's green. like...
0: Uh, In all facets,
1: the, the best thing they could do at this point is just get rid of all the conferences and just go to one, just go to one league, and then do like the NFL does and have divisions. So you have the South Division, you have yeah. the Central Division. You know what I mean? You have these different divisions because. I think Lincoln Riley has upped his chances of winning a national championship by leaving the SEC, or what would be the SEC in a couple years, and going to the Pac-12 because he can dominate that conference. There's no reason he can't. Yeah, I would agree. It makes too much sense. I would agree 100%. All right, we have burnt so much time. We've burnt 30 minutes talking about college football. It is what it is. There you go. It It had to be done. It did. Um, Last fake (sighs) question. We have one more. I forgot about it. Yeah.
0: so who's – and this I think is going to be pretty quick. Mm-hmm. This one comes from Austin Myers. Uh, who's more deserving for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts?
1: Jamar Chase.
0: Jamar Chase, not really an answer. Yeah. Uh, up until this week, I really was on the Jalen Waddle train, and I was like, Jamar Chase had it for 10 weeks, but Waddle has really stepped up and started to play really well. And Jamar Chase – like, some guys can slam doors on argument. There is – I feel like slam door isn't good enough for what he's done in the last two weeks.
1: He he has had the best – I mean, without question, I think the best season a rookie wide receiver's ever had. Which is
0: so crazy because Justin Jefferson did it last year and Jamar Chase immediately up and topped it.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, he – Jamar Chase has had – I, I I think it's I think we are underrating how good of a season. We've talked so much about the mediocre quarterback play we've seen all year from like every quarterback's been very close and no one's been amazing. Yeah. We have all these wide receivers having these amazing years and I feel like it's been under talked about. And that all I'll come back to it. I'll save okay. it.
0: I'll, I'll kind of save it for my cold take. Okay. And I'll hopefully try to think of a hot take before we get there. But I agree. Jamar Chase is kind of, I don't know, like he's slammed the door, put six deadbolts on it, yeah. and has a shotgun pointed at the door at and, this point. Like, there's no one that's
1: Kyle that Pitts award. had an amazing year. I th- I can't remember. He's the first rookie tight end to so, eclipse 1,000 receiving yards since Mike Ditka. Yeah. Which is, that's what, crazy. 65. Which is insane that –
0: there hasn't been another rookie tight end with if, how many good tight ends we've had. If
1: Pitts got off to a hotter start at the beginning of the season, it would have been a different argument. And if you
0: would have been able to found the end zone a little bit more, yeah. because like <laughs> I saw this this last week, and they're like Kyle Pitts is. They're like how Pitts was supposed to come in and take Julio Jones's role, and like he's had a good year, but it's like they're like a whole lot of yards and no touchdowns. He did take Julio's role, and I'm like,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's true. Angry.
0: He's found the end zone once. And that was in London.
1: So Wait, that's it? He's only scored one touchdown? He's only had
0: one touchdown, and it was in London. So, technically, Kyle Pitts is going to go his whole rookie year and have not scored on U.S. soil.
1: Well, I mean, next <laughs> week is – he's still got next week. So That's true.
0: We got a week 18, so we'll see what happens.
1: All right, that's a perfect way to jump in. Uh, recaps for week 17. First game we got is Bengals versus Chiefs. Um what an absolutely stunning game this was. Agreed. This was this was a boxing match right here. This was punch for punch. This was entertaining and in every sense of the form. It was it was a great game. Agreed. There were a couple times I thought the Bengals were out of this game, and then they just went and made a big play. Mm-hmm. They just made it happen. So,
0: um, I don't know if I want to hop straight to it, but Brittany Mahomes on Twitter after the game. Every chief Sam's talking about the refs. I didn't watch the game. I can't attest to whether you know the refs helped the Bengals out or the the calls weren't falling the Chiefs' way. I didn't watch the game. I can't attest to any of that. What I can say is that um, Patrick Mahomes went to Joe Burrow after the game and said, "We'll see you guys in the playoffs. You guys are having a great year. Good luck to you. Yeah. Hopefully, we we'll run into it again, and hopefully, it's an arrowhead this time." And it seemed like everybody that wasn't wearing a Chiefs jersey on Sunday was blaming the refs while as Patrick Mahomes was like we hope that, we see you in Arrowhead. That
1: was that was just a great game. I mean and and people always talk about, like you said, a slam-the-door signature moment. That was it for Jamar Chase. The I mean, man just went off that game.
0: And I think it's for Joe Burrow, too. Like, as Obviously, there's no like award that he's kind of digging after. Maybe like the MVP, but I think it's a little late to try to be digging after that award at this state.
1: If he had a better season overall, this would have been a signature game. But if yeah. he would
0: have started doing what he's done two weeks earlier, and done this for four or five weeks instead of two to three, I think he really would have an argument. Because he he's had a stellar two weeks, i will give him that.
1: Um, I mean, he's had a great year. You ready for this? Yeah. 4,600 yards, that's fifth. 34 touchdowns, that's tied for six. He's thrown 14 interceptions. Which every
0: quarterback's been kind of high this year, except for Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he, QBR, he's 54.1. That's 11th in the NFL. Like, yeah, he's had a really, really, I would say, a, a great season for What's him. What's nuts is
0: that 900 of those 46 have been in the last two I weeks. I mean,
1: I would argue he's been a better quarterback. He's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. I can't even say that with a yeah, straight face. Yeah, uh, there's, there's been a
0: lot of, I don't know, because I've been struggling with it recently, too. There's a lot of people that are like, Joe Burrow's already better than Lamar Jackson. Everybody's like, there's a guy that came out and said, Joe Burrow is better than Russell Wilson. And there is a there's a very very fine line between deciding how good a guy is right now versus like when when is it okay to interject someone up the rankings you know like mm-hmm. and I'm starting to think with wide receivers it really has to be a year by year thing because yeah. I'm like everybody's like Jamar Chase is already top five they're like Justin Jefferson's second best receiver in the league like people are saying that Justin Jefferson's better than D-hop and I'm like part of me is like I don't want to interject him into there already but like receiver is really a, a a
1: thing where it changes year to year there is well you got to remember how much attention they're getting how many weapons are on that team i mean stefan diggs has maybe been a top 10 wide receiver this season he has been like and like people and that's the
0: thing that confuses me is that i see all these guys that are like justin jefferson's top three a lot of people have been on cooper cup saying that he's not even top 15 which i think which is, is absurd. ridiculous to me. I'm glad we agree on that. Um but
1: then they'll say that Diggs is still top 5. And I was like he's had a down year. He's had a really bad year. I mean, Justin Jefferson still still had a great season. He's top 10 in pretty much every I was like, I'm pretty
0: sure he's second in receiving yards right now. He's fourth. Kinks. Is he
1: fourth. Okay. Or no, he's oh, he's second in yards, fourth in receptions, seventh in touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean there's no way you can't call that a top five season yeah. you know what I mean top five and then Hopkins is is also you know what I mean Hopkins
0: has been banged up here and there yeah we played well the, also the the offense in Arizona has got so much more talented that they're not having to give him the ball every time now mm-hmm. they have AJ Green Rondell Moore was good at the beginning of the year they added Zach Ertz at the trade deadline so like the the Cardinals offense has got more dynamic all of a sudden they're running the ball well James Connors is finding the end zone so that the, the touchdown passes have slowed down a little bit And the Cardinals have been sliding as well. So, receiver is a weird category. And we've got completely off tilt from the Jamar Chase and the Chiefs game. Yeah, yeah. It was a great game. That is a game that I am perfectly okay with watching again uh, come playoff time. If
1: I see that game in Arrowhead, I would be 100% okay with watching that one again. that's, like, people always talk about, like, you know... Being a, a shootout that was that game was a true that shootout. That was a shootout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't in the 40s, but 31 34. It was it was a shootout. That was a great game. That should constitute as a shootout. I, I think
0: sometimes that word gets a little overplayed, and I think I won it. Yeah, <laughs> we are part it. of the problem. Yeah, we are definitely part of the problem there. But I would definitely say that that's, should be considered a shootout, in my opinion.
1: Uh, next game, we don't have to spend a ton of times on Raiders and Colts. I think. I, this is such an interesting game for me because, one, it proves that the Colts' method of winning isn't solid, right? So yeah. they were undefeated when Jonathan Taylor got over 100 yards in a game. This now that breaks that, so they're no, no longer undefeated in that. Yep. Um. And and this comes down to what we talked about all year for the Colts: of do I trust Carson Wentz in this situation? Right? Like. Yep. When he has to not make a mistake or, or be the guy. And he didn't make a mistake, but he really wasn't special or fantastic at all. I was game. like, yeah, he, he didn't make the mistake, but also he didn't make the play either. Um, and it, I think part of this was passion for John Madden passing away. Um, just, in,
0: just Vegas in general at this point. This is the most like riled up I've ever seen a nine seventeen in my life. Yeah. It is insane. Like these guys wanna F and win. They do. And they cannot catch a break off the field. Nope. Nate Hobbs was found yesterday morning in his car, passed out on the side of a road, got charged with the DUI, which he was their fifth round pick that has turned into a top three rookie corner this year. Oh right. Really? So like everybody's been talking about Sertain, and they talked about um JC Horn and you know, mm-hmm. there are all these corners, and then like they throw this kid in. Nate Hobbs is a fifth-round pick, and he's playing just as well as all these guys, except he's not getting the turnovers that some of these guys are, which, of course, that's what you have to do to get attention as a DB nowadays. Um, he's found on the side of the road. He's passed out basically like at an exit, pulled off to the side of the road to sleep in his car, charged with the DUI. I think I could be wrong on that. Don't okay. call me. I know he was found at this like he was asleep, and like he didn't wreck his car at all. Like he was just pulled over, pulled over passed to the side out of the, the road, of the passed road. out behind his steering wheel. Um, so the Raiders just can't. I don't know what. Yeah, he got DUI
1: after hour hours after the win. Yep. Yeah, he was out celebrating after the win.
0: Uh, I don't know what ancient burial ground Mark Davis – or is it Mark – what's their owner's name? Is it Mark Davis?
1: No, uh, Mark Davis is their current owner. Al okay. Davis. Was Al Davis is the, the legend. I yeah. don't know
0: what – who disturbed the Indian burial ground <clears> and why they did so, but good Lord, they cannot catch a break off the field. It's yeah. insanity.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a rough go for them. Um, Hunter Renfro is one of those wide receivers, again, who's had a great year. Yeah, um, extremely underrated. Yeah, I mean, I, we don't have to spend a ton of time about this game, but I this is ultimately why I don't think the Colts are a Super Bowl, a legit Super Bowl contender, is because I just don't trust Carson Wentz in big situations. Yeah, and man, do the Raiders keep fighting. It's
0: one of those teams where like the Colts have to get hot, and you ain't got much time to get hot left. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like, yeah. They were hot three weeks ago, and it seems that they have cooled off a little like 2 3 weeks too early. Yes, so, a little little fast here. We'll see how they end the
1: season. Um Rams Ravens, man. You want to you want to share your thoughts on that one?
0: <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Another one point loss for the Ravens. Uh, pain, nothing but pain, like I say. Playoff hopes are still alive going to week 18. It'll take a Baltimore win and like a, a four losses by other teams to get in but it has been a brutal five game losing streak for baltimore um one point loss to the steelers a two point loss to the browns a one point loss to the packers uh 20 point loss to the Bengals, and then a one point loss to the rams
1: it's it's truly incredible how how they have these all these injuries and they're you know piecing people together and things like that and the games are always so close
0: i love john harbaugh this is the year where, like, I I can confidently look at John Harbaugh and be like, there is no effing guy I would rather have as my head coach right now. Because I don't – what what else do you have to prove at this point? Like, this is – somehow they're the worst and the best 8-8 eight and eight team of all time. Like, yeah. they're the worst because of how depleted they are. But also, like I said, if, if I were to just hand – if Santa would have came to me for Christmas and be like, here's seven points – Feel free to tack them on to the last five spreads for Baltimore. Do whatever you want with them. I can flip them from eight and eight to eleven and five like that. Right. With, yeah. With seven points, and I spread them all out. I can like all these are one point losses. That's I can true. I can send every single game to overtime except for the Bengals game easily. So I don't know. It's it's rough. I knew it was going to happen, and this is why I've been my expectations have been down for the last mm-hmm. even at the one seed when they were you know when we were eight and three to start the year i was like nah i do not have my hopes up because if max crosby is gonna (laughs) max crosby is gonna look like a top five pass rusher which he hasn't just looked like that against baltimore he's looked like that all year he's had a great year another guy that's just had an amazing year i knew that we were gonna get eaten alive come playoff time um i wish we had a higher draft pick but it is what it is again another great game
1: it was
0: Rams have got to get it figured out.
1: They cause... they still don't seem like they're in full rhythm yet. I know that I know they're adding it's a lot of weird, pieces. Yeah. Like, they
0: got to it and then they kind of have stumbled since. Yeah, and everyone's kind of been putting it on Stafford, and he has not played great by any stretch of the imagination. It's just
1: the big mistakes from him. It's you know you can't. He didn't throw a pick six in this game, did he? He, he did. did. He did. The very first pick was a pick six. Yeah, and then he threw one
0: at the goal line to Chuck Clark. Two right. drives later.
1: So you can't you can't keep making because the problem is is right now you can make those mistakes, but when it's Aaron Rodgers getting the ball back, and it's Tom Brady getting the ball back, right? It's a completely different story for them. So you you can get away with it now. I mean, the problem is is there's there's a lot of pieces humming. Sony Michelle had a great game. Cooper Cup is you know still on a tear. Odell Beckham Jr. might have been the best signing this last this season, and he wasn't even signed in the offseason. He was a midseason pickup. He's have played you seen, great.
0: Have you seen the stats? Because he's officially now played six games in L.A., six games in Cleveland this year. Have you seen the mm-hmm. stats? No. they are they're, There's like a two-yard difference. He's had like two extra yards mm-hmm. in L.A., but he has four touchdowns in LA. He did not score while he was in Cleveland. So everyone's been talking about how great he is. Yeah. Where literally he's had almost the same amount of catches. He's had like four hundred and fifty five instead of like four hundred fifty three. But he has four touchdowns compared to zero in Cleveland. But, but that makes it's, a huge difference. It's so crazy how much those four touchdowns really impact. Yeah. How you feel about him?
1: No. Yeah. He I scored mean, the game winning touchdown this week. Well, here's the thing is when you get in the red zone, you want weapons. You want guys that are going to go make plays that are going to be special, different, that are, you know what I mean, that are mm-hmm. going to do that. And everyone I've got two of them. Everyone always knew that he was one of them, and then in Cleveland it never felt like he was one of those guys out there, and that mm-hmm. was always the weird part. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if we have Baker on
0: here. I'll we swear, do. We okay. do have Baker on. Good, because <laughs> <Good. laughs> I was like, we'll, we're going to run out of time if we have to try to add something. Else. Well,
1: we'll we'll get into Baker and, and all that mess. But yeah,
0: the Rams trying to find a rhythm. The Ravens, yeah, struggling as expected. Just again, one of the most valiant efforts I've seen a team put together. You can look at the five game losing streak and be disappointed. I couldn't be more proud. Like they're playing their butts off. It's, it, it's very similar
1: it, to the Raiders where they're playing no hard. It makes
0: no sense how they've kept it within one point to all these teams. Like they've a combined. When you look at, we've been talking, the Rams and the Packers have been locked into the playoffs since week four. We were like, we know that these five teams are going to make it out west. These are the five teams that are going to make the playoffs for sure. Those are two of them. And the combined win for both of those teams in Baltimore is two points. You're right. That's, That's crazy. Insani- and guess what?
1: Lamar Jackson didn't play in either game. That's
0: insanity. It's, it's nuts. nuts.
1: All right. Speaking of the NFC West, Cardinals, Cowboys. Um, mm I have a couple of thoughts here. My my main one is this was like always our concern with Dallas is like. That's so hilarious. They're, they're playing great, but they just don't have any wins that make you go, wow. They don't look special in any way, shape, or form. And they should because this offense is so amazing. But they're not playing like it. No, they're not. They're not it's, at all.
0: It's so crazy. The storylines coming into this game and the storylines leaving this game are polar opposite. Cardinals are on a skid. Lost three straight, four straight, maybe. Dallas has won five straight, six straight. They're looking good. And who else to stop the skid but the Cowboys themselves? Right. Like, who else to go out there and fumble a win against a sliding team than a surging Dallas Cowboys team?
1: It's just... So, if we look at the big wins for the Dallas Cowboys, like, let's say, legit Super Bowl contenders, the Chargers... Maybe the Patriots, if you want to even put them in that boat. It's iffy. Iffy. It
0: depends. Like, that's a game where, like, I would have to watch it. And, and that's I can it. tell you. That's it. That's it. That's the ones, the ones that even count.
1: Yeah. Those are the only, I mean, maybe you throw the Eagles in there um, because they're a playoff team. See, I
0: want to – see, this is the thing is I've seen this about so many effing teams I've seen this about Dallas. I've seen this about Philly. People look at Philly's schedule. They're like, they beat the Giants twice. They beat Washington twice. They beat the Jets. They beat the Jags. Yeah. And I'm like, like I don't know. It's coming to the point where I've seen this about so many playoff teams that I
1: almost can't take this as a decent argument at this point because it seems like everybody's doing it. So it, it's not here. But here's the difference: is my argument isn't the reason that I'm I'm not. It's not that they're not a legit playoff team because they they are good enough to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Would I bet on them to win in the first round? Absolutely not.
0: Who do you bet on in the NFC at this point?
1: If, Outside th- if of the they Bay. have to go play the Cardinals or the Rams or the 49ers, I like those teams over Dallas right now to go win a playoff game. I would agree with you. The you Rams know, would be shaky. Does that make sense? So the argument isn't they don't deserve. It's not that they don't deserve to be in the There's playoffs. There's a different argument
0: between Philly and Dallas there. Because people are arguing about Philly being a playoff team. Yeah. And people are arguing about Dallas being a contender. Which are two very different different audiences. arguments, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Philly, yeah, maybe Philly. We'll we'll talk about Philly. Okay. Don't worry, we'll I talk know. about. Philly. I know we're gonna talk about. We're gonna you talk about Philly. Eagles
0: fan, I know.
1: I, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Philly, but yeah, there's there, there's a difference. Like right now, like the Cardinals at least look special in certain categories, and they go out and they've beaten bigger teams. Where I go, okay, yeah, they could win a they could win a playoff game. I don't look at Dallas and go, Yeah, you've done enough for me to have confidence for you to win a playoff game, let alone then be a Super Bowl contender. Because people forget you gotta go beat three playoff teams in order to be a Super Bowl contender. Yep. It's not like yeah, it's not like you just get into the Super Bowl. Yeah. This isn't college football people. You gotta win a couple hard games. Yeah. And they're Man. gonna have to play a road game at some point and win there too. So yeah. it's like I have They're the- most likely gonna have to win in Green Bay to make the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and that is. I have no confidence. Have not been c- friendly to them in the past. No,
1: and I don't. And I have zero confidence that they'll even get to that point. That's the crazy thing to me. I would agree. Yeah. All right let's let's talk about some headlines. You you were pretty excited to talk about uh, in the whole Antonio Brown situation. Yeah. Um, Why don't you dive into that? So
0: I have kind of a differing opinion here. So obviously to catch everybody up, if you lived under a rock the last week and a half. Um, So gets into the second half. They're like halfway through the third. Uh, At the end of the third quarter, all of a sudden, cameras pan down. Antonio Brown. He's got his. He threw his. He took his jersey and his pads off. Threw him at the bench. Took his undershirt and his gloves off. He threw him in the crowd. He ran off and he was in the end zone, like hyping up the crowd. Ran out the tunnel, left the stadium in the third quarter. Didn't come back. Post game, Bruce Arians said he's no longer a Buccaneer. He's been cut from the team. Uh, I don't want to talk about him. I want to talk about the guys that went out there and just won that football game. And I can see that from a coaching standpoint. You, It may have been the Jets, but it was a comeback win nonetheless. Let's talk about the guys that attributed to that, not the distraction in the third quarter. From everything that I have heard, and I've been trying to stay as close to this as possible so I could say this with confidence, from everything I have heard, I agree with what Antonio Brown did, but not how he did it. Okay. So the story that we've heard, and this is this didn't come from A.B., which, again, if this came from Antonio Brown, I'd be like, nah. Mm-hmm. But this came from Bucks PR and their head coaching staff and everything. And I heard Ian Rapoport say this on NFL Network. He said they, were, they asked A.B. to go into the game. They're like, you're subbing in. We're going to the package that you're in the game. Go into the game. <laughs> he didn't feel like he was healthy. He was hobbled by an ankle injury. He didn't practice all week. He wasn't sure if they were going to suit up for the game. He did. They, he, they asked him to go into the game. He said, I don't feel healthy enough. I don't feel comfortable subbing in. I don't want to go in. He basically refused to sub into the game. And Bruce Arians and the coaching staff basically said, if you're not going to suit up, then you can't be on the sideline. Leave. Like, go to the locker room. Mm-hmm. So, I don't agree with that at all, first of all. I, maybe you're caught up in the moment. You're trying to get a comeback win against a team that you really shouldn't be in the situation against. And it was an overreaction of the moment. But that... Story in of itself, I can 110% see why Antonio Brown is frustrated. Because I think – and but also at the same time, you probably shouldn't have suited up at all. Uh, you probably should have just stayed in the street clothes that day. But – so I don't know. It's an extremely weird situation. And the video from the stands that caught like the whole thing all in one video. Yeah, it's so is bizarre. one of the most – like one of the weirdest – I think it's probably the weirdest NFL video you'll ever see in your life. A player straight up taking his helmet and his shoulder pads off on the sideline, throwing them at the bench, and then and the the other thing that was crazy is seeing the still shots from the end zone in the in the crowd. Somebody taking pictures of Antonio Brown like jumping through the end zone as the game is being played sixty yards away on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So. I don't know. Hopefully we learn a little bit more about the situation. I don't think anybody's surprised that it was Antonio Brown that it happened to. Right. It is just another hurdle for Tom Brady to try to get over at this point to get back to the promised land.
1: I'm surprised I didn't hear anything about this. But, yeah, that's interesting. That that's that's what's the only reported. thing we've
0: heard. And from that story alone, I again, I have, I do not agree with how he did it. I think he should have. And, again, I'm not surprised that he handled it the way he did. It's Antonio Brown. We all know what the last three years with Antonio Brown has been like. but. You know, you. I would have. I would have had my helmet and my shoulder pads on. I would have walked back to the locker room and I would have left the stadium.
1: It's not. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's not crazy for for him to react like that. I don't. I don't think that's unheard of at all um, for that situation. Yeah. The. I didn't even. I don't even know how to react to that. I didn't even know that was that that's, was the that case. That is the
0: only. And that's the thing is I've heard no like counter reports at all. There's been no other yeah. like he said she said nonsense which makes me think we're 3 days removed now, 2 days removed now. Going to be 3 here soon and we haven't heard anything else.
1: So, I know I know the bucks I was I read it like not even based off of this but I read it this morning that somebody reported that the Bucks have a strict policy that if you say you're hurt that they talk to the trainer and if the trainer says hey they're too hurt to play they won't ever try to play somebody. Mm. So I wonder
0: if the trainer said he was good to go. Yeah, and
1: then they were like thinking, you know what I mean? There's a solid
0: possibility that. And that's
1: all just assumption. That's from what I've read this morning yeah. is that that the, they didn't think the injury was in play just because the Bucks are firm on like if a trainer says a player's not going to play, they don't play them. Mm. So yeah i don't know i have i know i know water has been hot there it's it's always
0: gonna be there's no such thing as a cold pot when it comes to antonio Browning. yeah
1: um especially after the whole fake vacina- vaccination cart. the bucks yeah. have dealt with a lot with him the bucks have dealt with a lot in general
0: injury yeah wise and so this just adds to the list at this point for tom brady to try to deal with it is what it is they got mike evans back chris godwin's might be back for the play, Or, no, Chris Cross was done for the year. Yes. Fournette might be back for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and then Evans played a little bit last week. Yeah, which but, he had a good game, which was good if, to see. If you were one of the stupid people who believed the whole, like, oh, they're trying to hold him back from his bonus and everything like that. See – one, they play again next week. They have a whole ass another game that he yeah. could have hit all those incentives next week. Exactly. So that is absurd. And if they were trying to hold him, they would have held him out of the entire game because he could have. We all saw like we all saw the clip of the
0: route he ran in the first. Like he was having his way with those Jets defensive backs as he should. Yeah, he could have
1: easily have gotten those numbers in the first half. So if they were trying to hold him back for the bonus, they would have said in the whole game. And then two, the Bucks last year put players in in the last week, and Tom Brady was intentionally, you know, running touch passes and stuff like that for guys to hit their incentive. So the Bucks really don't play the dirty game no. of like holding players out so they don't Why get bonus they? money. It yeah. makes no sense. So And I, out of
0: all, like, you're getting ready to go to the playoffs. You're trying to make another Super Bowl run. You're coming like you're def- the defending Super Bowl champions. You have the greatest player of all time at quarterback. The expectation is for you to be in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. That is the expectation. Why in the hell would you set off this keg stand uh, like, why why would you blow Antonio Brown up in week seventeen? Makes right. no sense because you know, and anyone has the right to react that way. If that's why they did it, you know damn well that that's how he was going to react. There's yeah. no way you wanted that press going into the postseason.
1: I hope whatever kind of help AB needs, and I don't. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. Whatever. I don't
0: know what it is. I don't know if there's issues. That I hope I have, he gets it. We, yeah. I have. We have no idea what the situation is. Yeah. But I saw a tweet, and I I felt bad for laughing at it, but I thought it was funny. And someone said that he's going to box one of the Paul brothers for the end of the year. That
1: was Bryson DeChambeau. He's a golfer who said that. Was was, it Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah, it was Bryson. Really? I'm sorry, Brooks Koepka. Was it it Brooks Koepka? It was Brooks Koepka. I don't know. It was one of those
0: two. So I didn't read the name on the tweet. I feel like I would have recognized if it was one of them, but I don't know. Maybe I saw a second. I don't know. But I thought that was hilarious. And honestly, I could definitely see it happening. It is January 4th January 5th now by the time you hear this so we got a whole 12 months for that to happen yeah it definitely was, could have
1: Brooks Kepka, hot take AV will fight one of the Paul brothers before this year is over yeah I could definitely see it I mean it, that's an okay one to laugh at I feel like yeah. that's funny <laughs> next up um, the looming Black Monday um, I figured we'd do a little bit different on on this one and maybe talk about some people we think I'll, I'll, I'll give you some names you tell me if you would fire them or if you'd keep them okay Okay, let's start out with the. uh, I think one of the easier ones, Matt Nagy. Fire, fire, get him gone. There's a lot of rumors that he might be there. They might keep him. That's so insane to me. That that he might get another year in Chicago. I
0: (laughs) think no matter what happens, just from how the fan base is handling the situation, I have to can him off that alone. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge proponent of letting the fans make the decisions (laughs) for you, but this is Chicago, like. Philly would be the only other team where, like,
1: you're 100% like, if the fans say he's gone, he's gone.
0: <laughs> I yeah. do not need those issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I i can't imagine in a world where they let him, but there's a lot of reports that, yeah, he's going to keep his job <sighs> and things so like that. nuts, man. Next one, a uh, little bit more middle of the road, Mike Zimmer. Um, They've kind of always been a bubble team. They Either they're in or they just miss. They never really go very far. I would say... I mean they made it to an NFC championship a couple of 3 years ago but
0: I would say fire, but I'd really look at who's
1: available first. Like if
0: um, Doug Peterson gets snapped up, Jim Harbaugh is staying in college, like if the if the options dwindle quickly, mm-hmm. I might hold on to him for another year. But I do think, like, the defense, like the thing that kept him there was, like, the defense was always good. Good, And yeah. they are not playing well. No, that's so, that's the
1: biggest rumor of why he might get let go is because it's so you bad. You can't be a
0: defensive head. First of all, it's hard to be a defensive head coach in today's NFL. It's really, really hard to be a defensive head coach in the NFL today if you don't have a good defense. Yes, absolutely. And that's what he is right now. So I would lean towards firing. But, again, mm-hmm. you got to be
1: really careful with who I can't downgrade still. He's still a decent head coach. Joe Judge and the Giants. Another one who's been rumored that his job is safe. I don't know.
0: Um, I would like to give Joe Judge another year. I feel like a lot of the issues he's having wasn't really his fault. He was handed Daniel Jones. He wasn't really set up for success to start. Yeah. I feel like as a, as a rookie head coach, if your first head coaching job is going to come in, if I feel really bad firing a guy without at least giving him a chance to get his own quarterback in the building whether that's a, a vet that he wants to run with or whether it's a young guy he wants to draft handing a project quarterback like Daniel Jones over to a rookie head coach felt like just you're a
1: transitional head coach we're mm-hmm. gonna
0: fire you and we let Daniel Jones go like
1: yeah the the problem is is these rumors say that it's Jones and judge, judge that are staying they're, they're keeping both can't so it's he not can't. even like he gets another shot with a different QB. It's it's going to be the same one. Yeah, so.
0: I don't know. I feel bad for him. He's in a he's stuck between a rock and a hard place at best.
1: Um, yeah, that's all I really got for hot seat. There's not too many other guys that are, you know, the,
0: the two other guys that might have been here have already been canned. Yeah, being Gruden and Meyer
1: and Meyer Meyer's gone. Um, I think Dan Campbell stays. I, Matt Rule's got too fat of a contract. Pete Carroll might be on that, but he won't like be let like, go. Like, oh, Black Monday. I though. was like, yeah,
0: Pete Carroll's not a Black Monday release though. Nope. Um, hot take: Does Mike McCarthy at least enter the conversation if Dallas flops out and they're the four seed? No. and it ends bad. I don't think so. Because is it because they made the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: I, I think Dallas would it have. Can't to, be a Black Monday firing if you're in the playoffs. Well, you can't be because, yeah. It's quite
0: literally impossible. It's
1: quite literally impossible. Well, it's improbable. Yeah. It has to be an off-the-field thing. Yeah, it would have – yeah, it would have to be like a gruden S situation. But the the thing I'll say is I don't think – Dallas is the type of friend. I don't think it's been disappointing long enough with McCarthy because you kind of have to throw out last year because Dak was hurt. Agreed. Josh. So, but if this was the third season that they get bounced wild card weekend, I would we would be having a different conversation. I don't know if the Joneses are going to pull the trigger that quickly. I don't think they will. I season. definitely
0: think they should. They're not going to
1: think about how long uh, Garrett, Jason Garrett got. He, yeah. he got. He was the coach there for ten years. Well, think about how long McCarthy like got
0: in. In Green Bay as well. Yeah. Like, well, that's
1: that's that's how these franchises, like the old school traditional, you know, Mike Tomlin. Like, the Steelers have had, like, four coaches in, like, their franchise history or something like, in like four, that. In,
0: in 30 to 40 years. Yeah, it's crazy. It's longer.
1: Yeah, how, how few coaches some of these franchises go through. Yeah. And some of them have great success, some of them not so much. But, yeah. No, how, how
0: many coaches have the Patriots had since the 80s? Two? <laughs> Three,
1: uh, No, maybe? we've gone through. Uh, I mean, I can tell you from... Early nineties on. Um, Pete Carroll was the head coach in the early nineties of the Patriots. I did not know that off the top of my head. Yep. Bill Parcells was the head coach, I think, in ninety six when they went to that Super Bowl and lost to Green Bay. I knew that. Um and then I know Belichick didn't take over to two thousand and I think there was there was another coach in between parcells and Belichick. So I mean mm. since the nineties we've had three, but Patriots are not on that list. Well, mainly because yeah, I guess most of these franchises that have these longer traditions have been owned by. Twenty
0: years from now, we can have that conversation. Yeah, if
1: if the crafts the next coach they hire, if they keep him for a long time, then they're in that conversation. I mean, the Steelers have been owned by the same family since their it's their historic
0: franchises. Yes, Cowboys have been around since forever. The Steelers have been around. Well,
1: and the Cowboys, he kind of lucked into it because when Jerry Jones took over, Tom Landry was still the head coach. Yeah. So, and Jerry Jones fired Tom Landry pretty early on in his tenure of owning that team. Think after I think his first thing was he fired Tom Landry. So crazy. Crazy to say, yeah. A lot of people are really mad about that. <laughs> Can we talk about the gap
0: there? That that guy is still running that franchise now. When you're like, you show the still shots of Tom Landry, and you're like, this is the era of football that he played in, and they're like, yeah, the guy that owns the Cowboys right now, he fired him. He's still like, he's still act. I think he was a, he
1: was a young owner when he bought the. Yeah, he was. I think there's. Part of your issue,
0: I'm not a huge fan of letting 80-year-old men run anything, whether it's our country <laughs> or my favorite football team. So, I think that's a issue for me. Um, but, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But I was, was curious to see where you said He, he was that.
1: 46 when he bought the Cowboys in 89. Yeah. I'm not a
0: huge Mike McCarthy fan. I'm not a huge Jerry Jones fan. So, I'm I was curious the, to
1: see. The, you're going to hear a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of rumblings about McCarthy being on the hot seat. I don't think I don't think they're real. He really, should
0: be, but it won't. It's not. It
1: that. well, it's fan-driven. Yeah. And that's a franchise that doesn't really care. I mean, it was like the Steelers calling shits. for, yeah. It was like <laughs> it was like the Steelers fans calling for Tomlin's job a couple years ago. It, Ridiculous. It, yeah, the Steelers weren't, weren't ever – they're not going to – I mean, they might fire Tomlin if it, the wheels just come off and they don't make the playoffs for three or four years. Yeah. But most of the time, that's what it takes. They're
0: going to have to not have a quarterback for like three or four years Yeah. for that to finally happen.
1: And I think they're going to be one of the teams this offseason that's hot on somebody. Um, we're going to – yeah, we're going to talk about the Steelers here in a sec and I'll kind of blend it all together. Okay. Ooh, excuse me. Let's talk about the Baker and Tua problem. mm mm I, I think Baker is a year ahead of Tua, obviously, just from where they were drafted. Yeah. I I think, it's a, I think Cleveland is in a bad, bad spot. I think they have to go get a quarterback next offseason. Really, really bad spot.
0: Because well, he is
1: now not playing Week 18. We the report came out
0: Saturday that they're going to use these last two games to kind of evaluate him. Mm-hmm. Which this report, the fact that it was public, first of all, issue one. Second of all. In the report, it says, we're going to use Week 17 and 18 to kind of decide if he's going to get a new contract or not. Issue 2. First of all, Issue 1. Why is that public? Issue 2. We've had 18 effing games. Why are you just now evaluating for a new contract right. in garbage time? Now You are not making the playoffs. And you played the Steelers this week. And you play God knows who next week. Why are you eva- like? It's such a Cleveland thing, this whole situation. And I feel bad for Browns fans. I really do. I feel bad for Baker. I feel bad for Miles Garrett and everyone that has to suit up in that jersey every Sunday. I think the Browns are headed back to the cellar. Oh, I'm just honest. I think I, the redheaded stepchild had his moment in the sun, and they are I right back where they belong.
1: I don't know if I'm to that point
0: yet. Um, I I am saying that because I don't think they're competent enough to figure this quarterback situation out. I mean, I think they're going to fall flat on their face with this situation. And that's how they're going to end up.
1: Actually. The here's so here's the thing. So if they they have him next year for eighteen million bucks, so he's cheap next year. So it's not like they have to, <laughs> which is insane that that's considered cheap. That's really him. cheap. That's a that's a steal on it's a starting a cheap quarterback by the
0: market standards.
1: Yes. So the the weird part for me is where do you draw the line of what you replace him with? And this is really what I wanted to get into. Agreed. So obviously, let's take out the cream of the crop out of there. So. Obviously, you would take Watson. Obviously, you would take Wilson. Rodgers, yeah. So those top three, let's just eliminate them. That, that's obvious. How far down do you go? Would you take a Jimmy Garoppolo over a Baker Mayfield next year if you're Cleveland? No. Ah, uh,
0: F. It's talent.
1: Cal- Talent-wise, no. But
0: I think, like, I would... You can say what you want. I would much rather have Baker Mayfield on Sunday than Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's it's because I'm a huge Baker guy, so maybe I'm a little biased and mm-hmm. I'm also I'm not a huge Jimmy G guy at all. I think there is still promise to be had, but I think Baker needs to change the scenery. So that's the issue is that like I would rather have Baker over Jimmy G, but not in Cleveland because right. okay, I don't think I, I can't see
1: success for them
0: together anymore.
1: So, right. So, like, are one of these veteran quarterbacks, like, would you take Big Ben in Cleveland? I know that's so weird to say. That's
0: so weird
1: to say. Would you take Big Ben over Baker next year? No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No, I wouldn't. No, definitely not. Okay.
0: I don't know. It's just, it's such a weird thing. And I think the issue with Baker really isn't the fact that you haven't gotten better. It's the fact that you've gotten worse.
1: Well, because we're all yeah. we're
0: always looking for growth at the quarterback. You need to get better. This is the NFL. This is the top. Like you have to everyone knows I can't remember exactly what this quote is, but like you need to always be working towards the best. And the smartest guys know that even if you are the best, you have to work to stay there. So, ba- the issue is it's not that Baker Mayfield's not getting better. It's the fact that he's gotten worse. You can get a contract extension off being mediocre and consistently mediocre. Look at Kirk Cousins. he's right. made a career off of being the 8-8 eight and eight quarterback. Derek Carr is another guy that outside of his MVP season before he broke his leg was another guy that's just been – can be in the 12-16 to 16 range of quarterbacks and he'll get paid for it. The so, issue is that Baker is trending out of that 16 now.
1: Okay, so Ryan Fitzpatrick, would you replace him with Baker Mayfield? I'm I'm looking at this list of free agent quarterbacks. It's not pretty. No, I I guarantee you, it's not. Big Ben, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, James Winston, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater. Somehow a free agent. Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky. Off the
0: names that you just read me. Tyrod Taylor is a guy I could bring back to Cleveland. I'd be Mm -hmm. okay with that. I'm over Baker.
1: So here's the thing. I don't I don't think I do that. I
0: think no matter if we're taking the top three guys out, we're not drafting a QB this year. So we're looking at just the middle of the road. I'm looking at every single one of these guys as a transitional quarterback. So I'm not looking high. I'm looking to get like change the scenery now and get Baker out of town, which means mm-hmm. my expectations are extremely low, and I'm looking strictly for a transitional guy. I am not looking at any of these quarterbacks as like this is the guy that's gonna start for the next five years. Right. That is not my plan. So Teddy Bridgewater is a guy I'd be okay with. Tyra Taylor
1: I'd be okay with. Um, I, I think I think all of those guys I keep – I think I'm keeping. Here's this. I would bring those guys in
0: and, like, and it would be super weird to try to pay both of them. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've got to look at least. Well, you can. I think Marcus Mariota deserves a shot to be a starter somewhere, to be 100% honest with
1: you. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gotten one. That's an interesting name. I, I think Mitch Trubisky maybe gets another shot. Maybe to compete or something like yeah, that. Yeah, to at
0: least compete. He definitely shouldn't be a Josh Allen's backup. That, tell you what, there's, hey, Joe Judge, give Mitch Trubisky a call. There's your backup QB next year.
1: That could be entertaining. I,
0: I cannot, for the life of me, understand why NFL franchisers are so okay with letting these 34-year-old backup quarterbacks just be horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, why does Mike Glenn have a job? And you're going to talk about Tyler Huntley, so I'll try not to get too much into it. But, like, Mm -hmm. Baltimore took a chance on this young kid. Because there's not really an older guy that can do what Lamar can. So they had to take a chance on a young guy that's going to play. Why? Now, I can get having a veteran presence. It's important to have a veteran. Especially if you have a young starter. But you should have three quarterbacks on your roster. Most teams
1: don't carry three, though. I, I can see – I think with COVID, I think every team should carry three. A majority of teams carry two and then a practice squad yeah, quarterback.
0: Which I think – I don't know. It's so tough. I, I can't I, – I don't understand why they don't carry three,
1: but that's it's, just me. It's one of those things that – Maybe it,
0: being a Ravens fan and seeing the injuries that we've had, and and especially with the COVID issues now. Just carry a third effing quarterback. Dude.
1: Look, look on a normal season, if you can carry another corner, that they're probably going to see the field at some point. Yeah. Whereas, if nothing else, they'll see it special teams wise. Exactly. They, they can contribute in other places where a third quarterback is kind of a dead spot where even if your starter gets hurt, they're. still not going to see the field you know what i mean so it's one of those things that it's a real dead spot unless you have someone there that you want to what i would do
0: as an nfl coach is i would have my starter i would have a young backup i want a mitch like and it's weird to say i want a mitch trubisky i want a tyler huntley i want a i want a jacob eason like somebody young and even if he's unproven my practice squad can be mike glennon I can have the reliable garbage can right. my practice squad quarterback. You know, like so, like just seeing Mike Glennon start, and I'm like, and then seeing Tyler Huntley start, and I'm like, why does Mike Glennon have an effing job? You can't tell me there's not a 25, 26 year old quarterback that you'd rather at least, like, I don't know, who knows? Like crazy things. Taylor Heineke has been a, I wouldn't say a stud, has been extremely good this year. A viable, a viable starter he, at he minimum. Was he was an undrafted kid who was in law classes before he got a phone call and was like, hey, by the way, you're starting against Tom Brady in the playoffs next week.
1: He he has earned himself, like, he'll be a, a career backup at worst now. Yeah. He's earned that's that. That's the floor. Yeah, that's the floor of what he's earned now. Which, so
0: I don't understand, like, those guys exist. Mm-hmm. So why does Mike Glenn have a job? Why does Joe Flacco have, I love him to death. Why does Joe Flacco have a job?
1: Well, Joe Flacco has a job because – one he's got a super bowl ring so he knows what it takes correction
0: he's a super bowl mvp
1: he's a, God, yeah <laughs> he's a super bowl mvp whatever oh, but you get you guy. get my point of like i love that guy i think it's really smart to have a veteran guy and and plus you want a guy who's going to come in and win you two or three games so you're yeah, not sure. always building your backup on potential right like it's great I think if your starter sucks that's what you should be building your backup on right yeah that's what i mean but no team has a starting QB and is going oh well our starter sucks because otherwise, here's what you end up with: is you end up with the Denver situation where you have Drew Lock and Teddy Bridgewater, have two quarterbacks, where you're like,
0: I don't know, I don't know,
1: maybe <laughs> one of them might be a starter, one of them is not a starter. So if you just have that mindset all the time, you have one know. guy, you have two guys, where you're like, I, they're about the, eh, I, <laughs> I don't know, who know. I don't know who I'd pick. Okay. I can see that. I can understand. What's the old saying? It's like. If you if have two quarterbacks, quarterbacks you have, have none. none. Yeah,
0: exactly. 100%. I will agree
1: with so that. So I would much rather have a great starting quarterback and a shitty backup that, yeah, if he sees the field for two games and we get demolished, whatever. Maybe Mike letter like, good quarterbacks should have young backups, I think. Well, no, because, nah, never mind. No. We got to get
0: off this, because I'm completely twisted around. With yeah, you're
1: all games. you're all backwards here. All yeah, right, talk,
0: talk about Big Ben. Um, So Big Ben plays his last game at Heinz Fields this last Sunday. Um. Took out the Browns in the divisional game. It's an emotional game. Cried in the post game press conference. There's a chance to make the playoffs. They probably won't see a home game in the playoffs at all. So his last regular season game is this week in Baltimore. The it finally clicked in my head like that like I was like, finally, Big Ben's gone. Like, I'm gonna miss it. I'll mm-hmm. tell you this. I like I watched the post game press conference. He was crying and everything. I yeah. saw him. Take the whole lap around and see all the Steelers faithful. I'm gonna miss watching Big Ben on Sundays. Um, outside of the the you know the 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 Duck Hodges Mason Rudolph years, the, the the couple games by Byron Leftwich and Jeff Garcia growing up, like mm-hmm. Big Ben's the only quarterback I've ever seen in yellow and gold. As Mike Rated's Vick fan.
1: played for the Steelers like, a couple games, yeah, for a couple games here mm-hmm. and there,
0: which a lot of people don't know. Yeah, yeah, I remember those days. A lot of people don't remember the Byron Leftwich, who is now potentially a head coach this offseason. Very was, high chance that he becomes a head coach. Yeah, yeah, was a great backup. I remember like cussing Byron Leftwich because he I'm pretty sure he beat Baltimore in mm-hmm. the one game he started. He broke his rib on a touchdown celebration too. I remember that vividly. But I'm gonna miss I am gonna miss uh watching Ben suit up. It's gonna be weird. I and I was trying to relate it and to see if anybody else would kind of understand what Ravens, Bengals and Browns fans are going through, mm-hmm. what other team has had such an intense rivalry with such a great quarterback that hasn't just been washed by that quarterback? So like, Cause I was like, maybe Dolphins fans would, or like that division would feel about Tom Brady, but like, I can't see that as a rivalry just because of,
1: it was outrageous. just sheer dominance. Yeah, it
0: was just sheer do- like Where the Ravens and the Bengals could steal one every once I, in a while. I, on the I'll
1: spe- I, I can add to this. I would say when Peyton Manning retired, it was weird as a Patriots fan. Okay. Because whether he played on the Colts or when he played in Denver, it was – one, I w- never looked forward to that game because I was like, oh, Definitely God. not the regular
0: season either. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, Peyton Manning even said it in his retirement speech. He was like, you know, I'll even – he went through all these, like, lists of people. He named all these players and all these fan bases and everything. And he goes, I will even miss the fans up in Foxboro. And, boy, should you guys mi- miss me too because I didn't win very often up there. <laughs> he said something like that in his retirement speech. Yeah. So. So, no, I think that was like somebody who was like, man, it's going to be weird not seeing Peyton it's Manning. It's going to be so weird for me next
0: year because this has been my entire childhood. Like, yeah. since I started watching football, no one else has been a long-term starter for the Steelers, for the Steelers outside of Big Ben. So. Yeah, I mean,
1: I wish Big Ben was a better person. <laughs> that would be. I
0: agree with that statement 100%.
1: I wish he was a better person and I wish he – Which, again, I was too young to
0: ever remember, remember any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. like I never – I don't think I was watching football and that all happened if – I was very early on, if so.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he never – I don't think he ever did anything. He was never convicted of anything. Yeah. I know the motorcycle accident where he wasn't wearing a helmet. Yeah. Like I don't think he got convicted. He <laughs> yeah, had that talk beforehand. Yeah. So, like, I just, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, Big Ben has such a weird place in the NFL. He
0: does because your memory is tainted the last four years. Because, like, the last three years, if I were to just look at the last three years, I'm sad he's retiring because the Steelers aren't as free of a game. I'm terrified because I know how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is, and I've seen what the Bengals are doing with Joe Burrow, and I swear to God, if the Steelers get a
1: good quarterback, I'm going to be so upset. It's it's <laughs> like <be> so mad. <laughs> that draft class is one of the most awkward draft classes of all time. Which one? That 04. Oh yeah. For their QB class cuz it was Philip Rivers, Big Ben and Eli Manning. <sighs> and you're like weird. all of them are maybe are hall of famers, yeah. probably hall I of famers. I think Big Ben is. Big Ben is, but Big Ben is one 1 Super Bowl, 2. 2 Super Bowls? I thought it was 1. It was 2. And he he's won 2 Super Bowls, so I mean, yeah, and I guess he has the numbers to back it up, but it's like He's like 4th all-time in passing yards, which a lot of people
0: don't know. I looked it up because I was curious. Curious? Yeah. yeah. But like I said, your memory is very tainted. He has not been good well, the last 3 years. So the hard
1: the the point of that argument is it's so hard to view them as like an all-time great. And I had this problem with Drew Brees too, is because he was never the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Fair Be- between Manning, Brady, and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers never they like out of those. It's always been one of those three guys, and it's never been like one of the others. So it's like so weird to think about because he is an all time great, and you know. But you're in your mind, it doesn't click that because he wasn't he wasn't even one of the best of his generation. It's hard to put him in that light. It's
0: also weird because he was kind of like in the middle of two generations. Because when did Aaron Rodgers get drafted? Aaron Rodgers was drafted oh,
1: in the 06? 06. Yeah. Which, of course,
0: he didn't see the field till 09, 2010, I probably. think he sat, yeah, two or three he years. He sat at least three, if not four.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I think he sat two years, I think. So, like, I don't know. It's very
0: weird because he was kind of in the middle of the, the 90s quarterbacks, and there wasn't really a ton of great quarterbacks that came out in that time frame between 2000 and 2000. 7, I guess, 2008, until right. Aaron Rodgers touched the field. There wasn't a great, a ton of great quarterbacks, I guess, that got drafted in that time frame. Uh, I
1: mean, Maybe. It, it was somewhat of a transitional time. I mean, you had Brady, but a lot of those quarterbacks that Brady beat in those Super Bowls. I mean, you had Brady and Manning. Yeah. Manning was the class Which of they 99.
0: Happened, yeah, they were the 90s, the yeah. late 90s.
1: No, <laughs> Manning was 99 or 98, and then Brady was 2000.
0: Was Brady 2000?
1: Mm-hmm. Brady was in the 2000 draft class. Fair enough.
0: But again... So- didn't start right away, didn't get starting job till what, oh one, oh two.
1: Uh Brady got his yeah, after his sophomore season. Mm. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just yeah, weird spot. He is a very
0: weird spot. I'm gonna miss playing him on Sundays.
1: One of the best Super Bowls of all time, too. So I give him think credit he for that.
0: is the quarterback behind the greatest catch of all time. Everyone can have their own opinion. That's a completely opinionated argument. My opinion, that catch by Santonio San Holmes in the back of the end zone is the greatest catch in NFL history. You're allowed to have your own opinion. There's no open and closed answer there, so don't get mad at me. Um, so, And, of course, he's going to have a special place in my heart as a Ravens fan. I'm going to miss the competing against him twice a year. I'll tell you that much. As much as I hated playing against him growing up or watching the Ravens play against him growing up, I'm going to miss that level of competition going forward. So – Before we get into your hot and cold take this week, and I will have a cold take, we'll see if I can spit a hot take out while you're talking, I'm going to get a quick word in from our sponsors down at Exotic Pop. They're a Houston-based company, and they are known worldwide as the Unique Beverage Boutique, offering rare and hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity, individuality, and a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. From hits like the Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. So, into hot and cold for this week, I'm very excited to kind of talk about what you've got down here. I like what you got. And, of course, Mr. Unprepared himself doesn't have a hot take this week. But I did think of a cold take, and I am excited to talk about that. Okay. What do you got for me?
1: Cold take, the Cowboys won't win a playoff game. I kind of already expressed this earlier. I don't think they're good enough to get by.
0: I think if they do, it's going to be an ugly win, and they're definitely going home.
1: Right. Goals. They might win on a late field goal or something like that, but I, I don't yeah, think wait, it'll wait, happen. great
0: legs playing. I wouldn't even back on that. Yeah. Spot, so.
1: um, my hot take is I think Tyler Huntley will be a starter somewhere next year who i think whoever the odd man out is in the offseason so you know if it's denver if it's pittsburgh if whoever it is it won't be
0: pittsburgh i'll tell you that much
1: but whoever it's it is no way in hell Tyler. Some somebody, somebody i mean it might be seattle it might be one of these teams losing him is going to take sure. a shot on him i mean he's worth a fifth round pick he in what he's shown in the in two games i think he's worth taking a shot on and bringing into the offseason and and Maybe maybe he won't be a starter, but he's going to get a chance to compete to be a starter. I should say.
0: As much as the Ravens love trading for late round picks and making them Pro Bowlers, I don't know if anybody's going to be willing to pay the price that Baltimore wants for him. Because I do think that Baltimore's probably going to ask for like a third rounder for him, which I think there might be a team that asks for it.
1: I don't. I, I mean, if Gardner Minshew is only getting a six round pick, I don't think he's getting more than that. I would
0: agree. And see, that's the thing is that I think Baltimore's going to ask for it, and nobody's going to want to, you know, make the to call that bet. I think Carolina would be a decent fit. Um, Seattle might be a decent fit depending on who their head coach is going forward. I don't know. Um, I, I will tell you this, that if he's a starter next year, I don't see success, honestly, in the future for him. I love the kid to death. I hope he's Lamar's backup for the rest of his career. I know that's not going to happen, but, um, there's a reason he looks good. And it's because the playbook we run, and there's no team in the NFL that runs the playbook Baltimore does. It is a, it's an RPO-driven, run game-driven, quick decisions. It is it is the way our offenses ran is why he looks good. I'm not trying to take away from anything that he's done or how good he looks, but like, he he looks as good as he does because of the system that he's in. So I hope he gets a shot, and I hope it goes well for him. But if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet on it just because I don't have faith in any other NFL franchise. Baltimore took a huge leap by doing what they did with Lamar Jackson. First of all, I don't see any NFL team making that leap, let alone making that leap for Tyler Huntley instead of Lamar Jackson. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm curious to see what happens. I hope it doesn't happen. I already lost Trace McSawilly to Arizona. I don't want to lose Tyler Huntley as well, but... Eric DeCosta will find a way. We'll have another mobile rookie backup behind him next year, anyways. If we do,
1: so. I, I think Tyler Huntley's got a shot. I mean, I, I look at him very similar to like uh, PJ Tucker, kind of. Um, yeah. You know, PJ Tucker. For those of you who don't remember, he had a great stint in the XFL. Um, PJ Walker. PJ Walker. Thank you. I'm thinking of I, basketball there. Yeah, for I a was second. like, how
0: are you going to bridge this gap? Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. P- gotcha. So, I I mean, I think somebody will take a shot on it. I think somebody will be left out in the dust here with nothing, no option, and they just need to try something. Um, Which
0: I think the only thing, like I said, the only thing that holds it back is what Baltimore's asking price is. If it's too high, somebody might not answer. I think that's the only thing that stops
1: it. There's a chance of that. I mean, I think Baltimore jumps at a fifth or fourth-round pick. I really do. I think they would jump at a fourth. I don't know about a fifth. Because
0: I think think as much as teams are going to come calling because of the year he's had, I think – With how good he's played as well, Baltimore Mm. may be more reluctant because Lamar's missed a couple games this year, and he's proven that – like I get that he's, I think he's one and two as a starter now. Mm-hmm. He had a close win against Chicago, and he has a one point loss to Aaron Rodgers. He has a one point loss to Matthew Stafford in the Rams. Yeah, it's a still, a, it's a pretty damn good resume. As a it Roman is. Quarterback. It is.
1: I, I, yeah, I, I, I like him. I,
0: I, really do. I, I think, love. I think him. He's got a shot. <laughs> I love him, and as a Ravens fan, I don't want him to leave. So we'll see what happens. My cold take. I think, and maybe this is, I don't know. We'll just combine it. You decide where this falls on the hot, cold okay. scale.
1: I don't know why I always have to be this voice of reason in your head. It is, it is what it is.
0: Because I think some crazy shit, and sometimes I just talk myself into a loop, and you have to pull me out of the loop sometimes. Or you just hop in, and we just go full sin around the circle. Okay. Um, I think that this year and the upcoming year, I think the last two years, and the next three to four, is the most talented the receiver position has ever been in the entirety of the NFL history. I think so. I would and, agree with uh, that. The parody and the just good lord these guys are good. Well, it's
1: insane. And we talked about this not that long ago with with running backs and 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 you know, it's slowly evolving to every position where you can draft a guy in the first round tackles used to always come in and start their first year that was whatever yeah i think more so now than ever m- college players are coming out more ready to play immediately because it's just a year after year after year after year you see these rookie wide receivers going out and being productive right away we've seen the
0: two best rookie receiving years ever
1: in the last two years back from back. two
0: lsu receivers yeah at that,
1: that were teammates together at yeah one point. it's crazy it's, it's absolutely sick. insane yeah you look around and there's good vets out there. OBJ has been producing for the Rams. I know we talked about him a little bit earlier. Yeah. AB was putting up numbers with the Bucks. Like I think that's a lot. Like
0: I think him not being there for Tom Brady going forward with Chris Godwin being out is a huge loss for the
1: Bucks. For it the is, post-season. yeah. So I, yeah, I think I think this. That uh, I would I would say that's a cold take. I mean, I I, I completely agree. agree with it. But I would think so. That's where I was kind of
0: leaning, but maybe, I don't know, maybe there's somebody out there that really thinks those '80s receivers are just that good. Yeah, And I also do think that LSU has kind of established themselves as wide receiver U.
1: I think based off that last statement, you have to be a little bit careful because it's hard because we're not going to have a dominant receiver that's going to be known for being the absolute best. Fair enough. So you look at, you know, that... You know, in the mid '90s to early 2000s, it was Jerry Rice, Mm -hmm. and then from there on, it was kind of you know Randy Moss or Trell Owens or Chad. You know what I mean? Yeah. There were guys who were always good until the end of their career, and it just fell off. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't know if we're going to have that level of consistency in having a guy be you know a superstar. You know what I mean? At the very top. Yeah. I think I think that that would be the only thing is there's going to be so much talent across the board and there's so many teams now that are loaded.
0: When I look at the two best receivers on every single NFL team and I put them all into a pool, this has got to be the most talent we've ever seen at once. I at it's, the receiver position. It's
1: funny you talk about this. Colin Calher today um, was talking about how you know back in the day the you know the greatest show on turf got a name, mm-hmm. and he was just saying you know how it's interesting that. You know, back then that that would get a name and now that's like most teams That's like that's and I, the norm. Like and you can't
0: I, win a Super Bowl without that. But without that.
1: And I was like, is that true? And I was like, Yeah. Like there are a lot of teams with a better wide receiver too, than Tory Holt right now mm-hmm. and Isaac Bruce. You know what I mean? Like that Those one guys two were punch. Studs, that but, but yeah, I don't know if that would be like a top ten receiving it would be a top ten. I don't know if that'd be a top three wide receiver core yeah. right now. You look at and and another thing is that like
0: If there may not be a ton of teams that could challenge them one and two, I guarantee you that a majority of the teams, if you were to pick the third receiver off that Rams squad and then put the third receiver in in today's league, I guarantee you most teams today that have a solid one
1: and two would probably take it. Right. Because
0: you look at, like, before he got cut, obviously this last week, like, Chris Godwin, A.B., and Mike Evans.
1: Yeah. Animals. Well, and then you could even throw Robert Kowski in there at tight end. Yeah. And, and,
0: and again, the Chiefs, man, I have a solid number two wide receiver. But they have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill.
1: Right. It's it's like every team you go, well, okay, but they have a, a better running back or they have this tight end or they have this guy. And you're like, oh, God, like these teams are Most are teams
0: have two superstars. When it comes to receivers, running backs, and tight ends, most teams have two superstars amongst those three positions they have two superstar receivers the superstar tight end and receiver mm-hmm. superstar running back and receiver like the vikings have jefferson and they have dalvin cook and then Thielen's there too Thielen's to boot. yeah exactly
1: yeah. it's crazy yeah it's and Thielen last year was having a top 10 wide receiver yeah. season last yeah. year it's crazy everyone's agreed. all over the
0: place agreed
1: all right we are fast approaching the 90 minutes this is the problem we take a week off and we have so we much have way too much to talk about we have way too much to talk about so we're going to have to fly through these next two segments. Bring it um, on. I'll do my best. Okay, pump the brakes for the first one we got. This could be the best wide receiver class of all time. So I'm talking about this rookie year between Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, um, Kadarius Toney, um, Jalen Waddell has been having. Jalen waddle has been a monster. And then I'm, I also think uh, Devontae Smith has had an underrated season. Not Not as – comparable th- to the other two but yeah. still
0: a really good season agreed and i think because jamar chase has been so good it's been so easy to forget about everybody else yeah when you look at the two which kyle pitts has had a good year not as good as a lot of people thought but it's still the first thousand yard receiving tight end rookie tight end since mm, dick what like that was like i would 65. call that a great 65. rookie season I, yeah, would. I would i would um
1: i know technically he's a tight
0: end so but. when you look at those two waddles had a great year and great. nobody's talking about it because of devonta smiths had a great year Elijah Moore had a couple weeks. He's been banged up recently, but he had a couple great weeks. Kadarius Tony had a really good game against Dallas in week <laughs> seven. Kind of falling off. Which, yeah. again, like I said, it's it's gone exactly the way I thought it was. I was like, if Joe Judge gets creative and they get him the ball, he's going to be an animal. And guess what? They did it against Dallas. They haven't done it since. Yeah. Granted, he's had injury issues and everything else under the sun. But that class is also deep. There's a couple guys that are going to come up. I think like Amon Ross St. Brown's a six-round pick and is turned into Detroit's wide receiver one. So, like, there's some names that aren't even close to the top two rounds that I think are going to come out. I would not pump the brakes. I do think this is going to be one of those classes that's up there.
1: We're going to look back at this and go, wow, there was just a plethora of wide receiver talent. And I think the only thing that
0: stops us from doing so is if the class from last year gets better.
1: <laughs> or or the quarterback class outshines it, which there's a chance of. Yeah, Because there's, there's some solid-looking quarterbacks in here too. Agreed. All right, next one I got for you. Man, I'm ready. I was like I don't know what's going to I don't know what's I didn't gonna even write this one all the way out. The Eagles could win a playoff game. We are if for those of you who don't know, if you're a long-time listener, which I know probably most of you who listen are, I've been on the Eagles bandwagon for a long time since yeah. like week 4. And you know, I kind of was maybe a little bit too high on it came back down a little bit. Yeah, I don't
0: think you ever fell off the wagon. I no. think you slipped and like you were kind of like they were dragging you alongside the road for a couple miles but you kind of pulled
1: yourself back up on it and so you never like fell off completely. They've been in, they've been in my hot take like four times. This, yeah, this they have. They really they, have. I I love I love the Eagles and now they're a playoff team and I feel so vindicated for calling this shot so early on in the season.
0: What is the What is the seeding look like? Like who are who
1: so they They are they're, the-, they're the seven seed right now. Um, San Francisco and the Saints are still in it, um, but the Eagles are clinched, so the Eagles are in no matter what. Who's the two and the three seed right now? Uh, the two is the Rams and the three is uh Tampa Bay. I don't even honestly.
0: I don't even need to know. I do think I'm not going to pump the brakes. So what? Wait. What was your What was your question again? Yeah. Again. So could the Eagles, the Eagles could win? Could 110 percent? Yeah. Because outside of Green Bay, who will not play in the first round of the playoffs, the other four teams, the yeah. the, I, the three division champs, and even the fifth are all
1: struggling. I I've, I'm Tampa Bay. I'm kind of scared of the Eagles and the in the 49ers because they run the ball so well. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Great. I think if I
0: it's it's so weird that since week six, we've said these five teams in the NFC are making it. We're seeing the Rams, the Cardinals, and you have your division champs, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cowboys are all gonna make it. Those are your five teams that'll make it in the NFC. Those are your five Super Bowl contenders. One of those five teams is gonna make it. Now, Green Bay looks good, but they've had their NFC title struggles. History is the only thing that stands in front of Green Bay at this point. Yeah. Tampa Bay, roster injuries are tearing them apart. A-B's departure, Chris Godwin's out, Fournette's out, whatever. The Rams, struggling. They they're, Matthew Stafford's not playing well. The offense isn't as dynamic. But we know how talented they are. Hopefully they'll be able to turn it around. Dallas, struggling. It's the Cowboys. What do you expect? Yep. And then you have the Cardinals, who are also struggling – because Got
1: hot at the wrong time. They're coming in cold. Yeah, they're real coming in cold. cold.
0: But they beat Dallas. Maybe you string a win, a big win here. But, again, I think it's a little too late to try to get hot again for the playoffs. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, those five teams are not as sure as we once thought. And the Eagles and the Niners could play some real. Who's the? F- oh, yeah, those would be the two others because the five seed would be. The, the Cardinals. Cardinals. The Cardinals
1: are the five seed. The six seed right now is the 49ers. But yeah, seven is if four. they lose and I think New Orleans wins, it pushes them up. And, and I think the Saints would get in. I don't know if that would bump the Eagles up or not, but the Eagles will play one of those two teams. One, the, of, the Eagles have made the playoffs. Regardless,
0: baby. they're going to play the Cowboys, they're going to play the Bucks, or they're going to play the Rams. Yeah, or possibly the Cardinals, I guess, if they hop back into that spot as well. I again, yeah, it's possible, but none I of think those four teams are surging right now. Where no. I feel confident, and the Eagles are surging, as weak as their schedule may have been, the Eagles are surging at the right time. They definitely could win a playoff game.
1: Yes. I, yeah, I'm so excited about this. Ugh, we'll get it more. When we have more time to talk about it, we'll talk about it more.
0: Also, what a great first year by Nick Sirianni. I yeah. It took him a little bit. What's so crazy is that our one criticism was they didn't figure out how to run the ball. Like, they were tops in the league in yards per carry, but they were like 30th in carries. Yeah. And you're like, when are you going to figure it out? When are you going to figure it out? All of a sudden, they figured it out. And maybe this was the plan all along. He was like, I know how good we are at running the ball. I'm going to wait until week 12, and then we're going to get real fucking hot. Hot. And guess what? We're going to be hot going to— He was like, I'm not going to get hot early. I know what the issue is, and I'm going to wait to fix it so we're hot at the right time.
1: And you know what's crazy? They have three first-round picks next season. Yeah. Three of them. And they're going to be a playoff team. Yep. That is your dream. And they have a quarterback, so they don't have to trade up and go get one either. Get one. This is your dream scenario where you can go, okay, we're going to go get uh, offensive linemen and two defensive players— And try to try to go for it. Yeah. Go get an offensive
0: tackle and they could honestly spend all three picks on the O line. And I I mean the players would have to fall in the right spots, but that O line is old.
1: That like think about how crazy that could be. That they could really they could make this team significantly better. Okay. Yeah, they've hit the playoffs early. From they are they are ahead of
0: schedule. Yes, very
1: much so. The Packers should be the favorites for the NFC Super Bowl favorites. Lock it up. Yes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. They're the only team in the NFC that I have any amount of confidence in, especially with home field advantage. If if there was a year to go out and win the Super Bowl, this would be the year. 110%. The Bucks are the only thing that should scare the Packers significantly and they're banged up. So, Yeah,
0: if the Packers do not make the Super Bowl, it is a utter disappointment. Yes, I would agree. Is- I think a Super Bowl, anything but a Super Bowl win is a disappointment, honestly, because the AFC is shaky at best right now as well. Yeah, But we also have to see, because if somebody wins the wild card and gets hot through the two rounds and is hot going to the Super Bowl, that could be a different story. Never know. But if the Packers are not representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, this season is an utter letdown. The most
1: disappointing you could possibly think of. I would agree, especially with how well Rodgers is playing. Yep. Okay. The Titans still have a chance at a Super Bowl. Derrick Henry is expected to practice tomorrow. They're currently still the one seed. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. They could be the one seed and have Derrick Henry back. And I think to taper the expectations, I don't think they've held the one
0: seed because they played super great. I think they've played good enough and nobody else has surged to the spot. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs the Chiefs should have been there, but Joe Burrow outplayed him this last week. Yeah. Uh, which we'll talk about him. But yeah. um I'm not gonna pump the brakes. I think with Derrick Henry anything's possible, but we've seen the we've seen teams stop Derrick Henry. And the issue is that they've only ever seemed to stop him in the postseason. True. And that's where we're entering. He's been he might have some rust there. I don't know. I think they're gonna punch somebody in the mouth the first week he plays, and I think they're gonna grind him to a halt probably in the second week. Second but week. It's not impossible. Okay. Anything is possible I think it right
1: depends greatly on who they play Agreed. So if they play like New England Who can't stop the run I think that could be a very interesting scenario for that Yeah Um, jo- Joe Burrow might be the best QB of his QB class
0: Who Who was that class?
1: So it was Burrow 1 Herbert at 6 And then Tua shortly after mm. No Tua
0: went before Herbert Tua went at like 3
1: oh, did Tua, Tua I thought before. so I could be okay. wrong
0: I thought he went for Herbert. I I, that, I, don't, I feel like there's a fourth quarterback in that class.
1: Uh, maybe. This is tough.
0: Because um, Justin Herbert's really effing good, too. Um, and two has picked it up as the years went along. I don't think he's anywhere near close to those other two guys. Um, I'm going to pump the brakes. Well, if you say he might be, yes, I'm not going to pump the brakes. If I had to 100% tell you whether he's... Gonna be better than Justin Herbert going forward. I would pump the brakes. I think. I don't know, man. Justin Herbert is really effing good. <laughs> it's it's tough to sit here and tell you as good as he's played, and as good as I think he is. It's tough to sit here and just be like, oh yeah, hundred percent. He's better than Herbert is going forward.
1: Yeah, it was it was those three. There, there wasn't, wasn't a fourth quarterback. There in wasn't first a fourth, There wasn't another one enough. in there. That
0: was what two years ago. Or last year? The
1: 2020 draft class. So, so that was last year's. This is their sophomore year. Sophomore year yeah. yeah. Um, so technically not last year's class.
0: I With the way you worded it, might be. No, I'm not going to put the brakes. He definitely might be. If yeah. I had to tell you 100%, he's going to be better than Herbert going forward. I think
1: he I deserves to be in the discussion with Herbert. I think Herbert's played. I mean, the problem is, is, we saw Herbert for a full year last year. And Burrow, when he played, was good, not great. And then this year, he's been pretty great. He's been great.
0: But so is Herbert. So Herbert looks really good this year as well.
1: So I think I think it'll just come down to you know what the the remaining time looks like, but I think he deserves to be in the conversation. One
0: hundred and ten percent, yeah.
1: Okay, preview for week eighteen. I'm probably just gonna fly through this because they're really you know it's pretty obvious. It's going Bengals versus Browns. I'm going Bengals. The Bengals still have something to play for. The Browns are playing for nothing.
0: Browns are playing for nothing. Baker Mayfield's out with surgery this week, so. It's Case Keenum time, and it's not going to be pretty. I'll tell you that much.
1: 49ers versus Rams. They're both playing for something here. 49ers are trying to solidify their spot with a win. Rams are playing for the seed. So if they win and the Cardinals lose, I think they could potentially f- there are – I'm sorry. I think
0: they could clinch the are div-
1: They're, they're yes. playing to
0: clinch the division. They're playing
1: to clinch the division. Yeah, sorry. I had that backwards. Um, I'm bad on the Niners here.
0: Okay. They're hot, and I know that the Rams did win. It was a one-point ugly win in Baltimore
1: last week. I, um, I'm going to take the Rams just because Trey Lance is going to be the starter, I think, mm, for that game. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I don't know if I love Trey Lance going into a big game against LA, but we'll uh, we'll see. That could be an interesting I'm one. I'm riding with Shanny. There's what it is. Chargers, Chargers versus Raiders. This is the most interesting one. That's why it's last. Which is crazy. <laughs> when you We just talked about
0: those two games, and now we're like, this is the interesting one. This one is for a playoff spot. This is for the the cake so yes to speak. so the winner makes the
1: playoffs there there is a scenario i think where they both make it but um i think
0: it's uh what is it indy loses and they tie they both make it I is think. that what it is that's i think i could be
1: hundred i wrong. think indy has to lose and then if pittsburgh loses i think then they both make it
0: yeah it's something or
1: said so something yeah, or maybe if they tie yeah it's something weird like that but Either way, yeah. This is quite. There's always,
0: you know, we get to week 17, week 18. There's always the crazy playoff scenarios. Yeah. This team wins and they lose and they tie. Tied. This team can make. Yeah, it. this is as simple as it gets. Yes, winner moves on. Winter, this is winter? this is the wild card before the wild card.
1: Yes, this this is for the season. So this is like if you were gonna watch a game, watch this one because yeah. it's every this team, is Sunday night football too. Yeah, they're gonna lay Ooh. it all out there. Of course, it's Sunday night football. Boy, what, I am what excited. What else would you pick?
0: I am excited. Um, also. Bet of the week. I know we're not a huge betting, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you this. I think the, I don't know if it's set in stone. The over under, I think, for the Ravens Steelers game this week is like 43.5. Slam the under. That's going to be a slug fest in Baltimore.
1: Do you I'll want me to you tell much. you what it is?
0: You can. I mean, if you can readily pull it up, I'll tell you. But
1: Of course, I say I can, and then my laptop says it's not going to load I'll anything. tell you this.
0: I don't really care what it is. If it is over 42 points, slam the under. That is going to be a slugfest. It is
1: quite literally forty-two points exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
0: slam it, slam the under. Tell you that much. That's going to be a brawl for Big Ben's last game.
1: Um, who are you picking, Chargers or Raiders? I'm going Chargers. (sighs) I'm
0: going Chargers. Yeah. Oh my God, the Raiders really might win. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they have a shot, though. It's I'm
0: so, but we just talked about like they just, they're coming off a big win. They are, fi- this is the most resilient I've ever seen. It's, a team
1: it's play. in Las Vegas. It's going to be a tight game. It's Neither be team an...
0: has a home field advantage, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It'll, it's going to be an entertaining one to say the least. So, yeah. Keep, keep your eyes on that one. 110%. All right. We're gonna have to cut some of the NBA stuff just because we have 20 minutes. So this is what it is. Uh, we, I mean, we might be able to.
0: I think a lot of these are kind of just like bullet points yeah. more than conversation pieces. So
1: I'll let you talk about the first one. I really don't have much to say on. Uh, Josh Giddey, the Oklahoma City Thunder, becomes the
0: youngest player in NBA history to record a triple double. Mm-hmm. Um, the travel from draft night to now. I remember I have a couple buddies, obviously, the Thunder fans. Um, they were super upset when they took Giddy because like everyone saw the, the graphic when he was drafted. They're like mm-hmm. they showed like his weaknesses and it was like can't shoot the three well, not a good playmaker, can't finish at the rim well, average on defense. They're like, Is this guy just bad at basketball? Like right. no, he's not, but he's not great at anything, which sometimes that works to your
1: advantage. He can. He's yeah. not
0: an elite at anything, but he's pretty damn good at everything.
1: Okay, call it right now. Is his TikTok career bigger than his NFL career – or his NBA career, excuse me?
0: Like going forward as of right now?
1: No, as going forward for the rest of his life, will he be remembered as a basketball player or as a TikToker?
0: I think he'll be remembered as a TikToker, but that's just our generation. I think he'll be remembered – He's gonna be a decent basketball player and I think he'll be somewhat remembered in OKC at least.
1: He feels like a role guy that'll probably play on it. Maybe he gets a ring by being a rotational guy. He or reminds something.
0: me of like the highest end rotational guy that you can have though. I do think he could bud into wow. a decent star. When you say like
1: when you say highest rotational guy, you're talking
0: I'm talking like that is if I'm like if I have a big three, I want him on the court as a fourth and fifth guy.
1: Wow. I so... think that's the
0: ceiling for him, at least. I could be Overvaluing, I, I think you
1: are. I think you're, I think, I, I think know. that might be crazy. I've
0: hopped the train a little bit on this kid.
1: Aliens, but- laser beams pointed at the earth. <laughs> I want Josh Giddy. You want Josh Giddy <laughs> over Iguadala? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't like- know.
0: Like, the kid just how has there been a time in NBA history where the guy that does it all fails? Whenever has the Swiss Army knife failed? Like
1: Draymond Green's made a career being a Swiss Army knife.
0: Granted, defense is part of he,
1: that. He's a I well. See, I don't, you call him a Swiss Army knife, and I really think of offensively
0: him, he's a Swiss Army knife.
1: Yeah, I mean he doesn't do anything particularly amazing. I mean he's a great he's a great rebounder. He's, he's a
0: great playmaker. But
1: much a, better than I ever thought he was. Yeah, he's he's really good at passing the ball, and that's part of the reason why he works so well there is yeah. because he can pass so well. The question will be: Will he be that high-end rotational player that I think the ceiling is, or is he going to be Jason Williams? But the difference is, is Draymond Green is a valid starter yeah. on a uh, in an NBA championship where I Josh Giddey's played thirty games. The <laughs> problem is, is I think of high-end rotational players. I think of players who, I, like De'Aaron Fox, might be one of these guys down the road. You know, I th- I think of the Dwight Howards, the Ray Allens of. When they were okay. the guy, they were able to get it done. In their later years, they were a rotation. Those were the highest the end. High-end high rotational mm-hmm. players are usually vets. Usually you really vets, yes. That either were You're either a, a
0: star or not.
1: You were a superstar before, and you either couldn't get it done, or <clears throat> like Ray Allen, you were a superstar on that team and really important, but then you specialized in your later years.
0: Yeah. I don't <sighs> know. I, I like Giddy. I think he's going to... The only thing is, is it's OKC, so anything can happen. He yeah. could get traded for a first-round pick at the end of the year. Who knows?
1: That's true. <laughs> They're wild out there. They are. All right. Russell Westbrook, uh, potentially on the move. I know we're like two weeks late to this party, um, at least. They've been talking about trading him recently? Yeah, they've been talking about trading him. Um, there was talks. There was reports that LeBron has done. I haven't kept up to date on it, so we might be.
0: I haven't really either. I haven't heard this a ton lately. The biggest thing, I just, I want to smack Russell Westbrook in the back of the head sometimes. Because I know, everyone knows how talented you are. Just slow down. Like, I feel like he has this utter need to be the best player on the court at all times. And that's why he
1: sucks sometimes. They're still still out there that he might get traded. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of
0: times where I watch him play and you're, I'm like, you're trying too hard. Which is so weird to say at the NBA level, like you're trying too hard, but like, there's just so many forced errors so many times where he takes a pull up jumper and I'm like, there's 20 seconds on the shot clock. What do you, Where I'll see a pass and I'm like, why would you force it? You know, like it's, and it's never a recipe for success to feel like you have to be the best player on the court at all times. And it's, it's, it's almost always, that's the case. It is always the case that that is the the recipe for failure when you play next to LeBron James.
1: Because you will never reach that point. I'll say a couple of things here. One, Russell Westbrook is who he, – he has been this season who he's always been. He is who he thought they were. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he doesn't change. So – I think I think this shows a couple of things. One, I would never hire LeBron as an exec after the fact. Like, if LeBron retires and like, Which is
0: so weird because he's done such a good job, and this move felt so forced. It, he hasn't done
1: such a good job. He's like, done a decent job. He's done an okay job at yeah. best. I think he's done about as good of a job as a non-exec candidate building a team. <laughs> team, to, right? So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I didn't hate this move because I thought he would at least give him minutes and give him wins. I this this NBA season has been so bizarre. It's been so bizarre. It's been here nor there. The COVID issues. We're seeing yeah. Joe
0: Johnson's playing. Oh god, that was so cool.
1: See Everyone Joe everyone's Johnson getting ten day contracts yes, and everything like that. I love it. When's Michael Beasley coming back? I want to see it. Put him back in New York. I, Give no, it. please don't. Yes, no. Do it. I I don't. So, I'll buy the jersey tomorrow. Do you play fantasy basketball or no? I usually do. I didn't this year though. I I'm in a league right now and. I had – God,
0: that's got to suck.
1: Yeah. I had, I had like four – I had one one week where it was like my entire starting lineup. Like I had like four four starters in and everyone else was out due to COVID or an actual you injury.
0: Better load, I better have 10 IR spots playing I had two. Lineup. That's yeah.
1: ridiculous. And you want to know the worst part is I was already using two of them on Ben – I was using one of them on Ben Simmons and then I don't remember who the other one was. But oh, Ben. Benny, ben, ben, Ben. Um. So, yeah, I was already screwed there, and then, like, my bench was all hurt, too, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Speaking I, about fantasy, I'm having
0: a good fantasy football all year. Got three three fantasy championships so far. Oh, I nice. play for the fourth this week. I'm in nine leagues. So even if I lose this week, I feel like three titles in nine leagues is pretty solid. That's really solid. I, I have a chance at a fourth, and guess what? Derek Henry's coming back. Oh, so, might play him? Might not? I don't know. I, I don't think. He, I
1: don't think he's expected to play. I doubt they'll play him. This I, I
0: doubt they'll play him as well. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It'd be really clutch if he came back and just dropped fifty,
1: but <laughs> secured
0: the title for me.
1: Yeah, if you're LA and you can get something remotely good back for us, I think. I think you need. Yeah, it
0: Yeah, this the. I I'll tell you that this is the most forced I've ever felt, like when I. Like watching LeBron make moves or like influencing moves to happen, they've all seemed pretty natural and fluid. This offseason felt like the most forced moves I've ever seen him make. Mm-hmm. He just went and got guys that makes no sense. Where we're like, God, the Lakers are going to be really good, but man, they he need he had a, no choice. I think they he's... need an injection of youth, and they need an injection of three point shooting. And they're like, let's go get Russell Westbrook, and all I was like, that checks neither of those boxes. I
1: I think it was one of those situations where this was the best available, so they just did it.
0: Agreed, and
1: he, I he knew that roster going into the season wasn't going to be good enough to win a championship, so he was like, we just have to do what we can now. Yeah, and then and hope it's for the best. In the ass. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. Let's talk about
0: Kyrie being back first. I do think if Russell Westbrook is to get traded, I think it's it's not more – I think what they get back could be huge because if you can go to a struggling team – and, again, you're not going to get a ton back, obviously. Right. But if you go to a team that's looking to make the postseason, a team that's been on the outside for a while and is looking to get the juice to get back in, Russell Westbrook can be that juice. And if you could steal two young role players that can shoot the ball well – uh, take it 100%. And I think those two additions are going to be so crucial. If they get Buddy they Healed; that would be wild for that'd them. That would be huge. I'm, I would look more for... I'm looking more for quantity over quality. Like, I would rather get two good shooters than one great shooter. Because that's what they need. I think they need the bodies that can shoot, not
1: the one guy that can shoot, shoot. in
0: my opinion right now. but
1: Kyrie? Kyrie coming back. Uh, last episode, we were... We were talking about it. This is again one of those weird things that we were talking about. Oh, there's potentially plays on the Welcome road. Welcome to game. 2022. And then, like the next day, as the episode comes out, it's announced that he's going to play back in road games. So, yep. Um, not surprised. I think it's. I think it was smart for the Nets to open this up to just try to give some relief to their team. You know, yeah. That way, James Harden and KD aren't playing so much when they're on the road. It's. The chemistry thing is going to be weird. It's going it's- to be very weird, and I do think that this is the right move because I think this
0: is like a hey, you know, we had a real big, you know, we went four zero on that road stint, but we just lost by two to the Lakers. We really could have used a game winning three there. Come on, like I need you at home games. You know, I think this is, I think that's why they're doing it. I think it's going to work.
1: So I think a couple things that could be interesting scenarios for them that I was thinking about is one they play the Knicks in the playoffs in like the first round like they're the one seed and the Knicks are the 8 seed or something like that and Kyrie gets to play in none of the games so that would be really awkward yeah, in the playoffs yeah. and then their worst case scenario is the finals is against Golden State and Kyrie gets to play in none of the games as well
0: yeah that would definitely put a hamper or if the Kings make the finals you know it would be the same yes. cuz that's
1: going to happen I don't think it's. Does <laughs> Sacramento have that ban? I didn't. I didn't I haven't heard of that. Is it just the Bay, San Francisco? Is it Just San Francisco? I yeah. thought it was the
0: state of California.
1: It, it might be. I don't Who know. Who knows?
0: But I think the Warriors the only team in California that's going to get close to a title this year. Honestly, at this rate, the Lakers will always have a chance because it is LeBron James. I don't think the Clippers can get it done in the postseason. Paul George is playing out of his effing mind.
1: He's played great. He played great last year too. Not
0: as a person, but as a player, I love Paul George. But I don't think they're going to have enough juice to get it done. So, yeah, that would suck if they match up in the finals. But I think he'll be playing in home games eventually.
1: I think uh, next thing we want to kind of touch on is Clay being back. Um, Oh, God. I think Pray for your favorite team now. It'll it'll be a little <laughs> I think there'll be a slide. It'll there'll be a chemistry issue at first. So I think there might be you know, going into this all star break, there might be a little bit of a slip and we might see some some bumps in the road here. I don't think
0: it'll be a ton just because we know like they have the chemistry. It's just about reestablishing it.
1: Well So it, I think it'll be a small slide. And there's a couple pieces they've added in that are getting more minutes now that it might Jordan be a pool pool yeah. and
0: uh I can't remember the other guy's name, number 95, that looks just like Jordan Poole.
1: Yeah, it'll it'll be hard, I think, for them a little bit just to get used to like what their minutes will look like and all of that. Yeah. So I think, oh, Steve, I think that might be a little bit tough at first. Um, but, yeah. The rich get richer. They, they do. Is what it is. They were already looking like the favorites. So. They, I
0: think they were the favorites, and now they're adding their second-best player back. So
1: Pray for your favorite team, Yeah. <laughs> especially if you play in the West um COVID is ruining the nba right now <laughs> It is destroying the league it's- it is fun to see some of
0: these 10-day contracts happen but like if you're i feel so bad like if you make a living off like sports betting oh my god i would not be touching team totals over unders
1: nothing games, right now money
0: lines i'm not touching it at all yeah because the league is just being decimated the, the
1: NFL at least had decent control. Like I know two weeks ago it kind of got out of control a little and it's bit. it's a little bit easier, obviously, because yeah. of the scheduling of it all. And, and you only travel they only travel once a week. Right. Like yeah. there, there's some easier aspects to it, but
0: Yeah, the NBA is being torn apart at best. Um just
1: Yeah, it's brutal.
0: It has been brutal. It will remain brutal. I don't think I'll start. I really don't think All-Star Weekend should happen this year.
1: It'd be irresponsible to have it because if there's an outbreak and then you get all those guys They're going to be
0: irresponsible and have it. Yeah. I'll tell you that it's going to happen.
1: No one cares about it anymore. That's the thing. It hasn't been relevant for so long. Again,
0: and I've been a huge proponent of this for a while, and I know a lot of people on Twitter have I'm not the only one leading the charge here. But a King of the Court tournament at All-Star Break would be the coolest effing thing. Like a one-on-one King of the Court? Yeah, okay. That would be... And I guarantee you, NBA play, like, NBA players would love it because you see clips of them doing it at like Team USA practices, mm-hmm. and you'll just see like you'll see like Victor Oladipo like cook KD up, and you're like, okay, all right. All right. like because and it's a complete it's a completely different game, right? Like one on absolutely is yeah. There is because like I'm be hundred percent I love LeBron James to death, but LeBron would not be as good of a one on one guy as like a Kevin Durant because what does LeBron do? better than most small forwards, he passes the ball. What can you not do in a one-on-one game? Pass, Pass the ball. ball. You got to be a gifted scorer. And I think there's I think it'll open your eyes to a lot of guys that can do it that you don't see do it that often. Yeah, yeah. And cuz that's a whole another style of basketball as well. Like, I
1: think James Harden would probably be hard. You'd James have to Harden guard him tight. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, Kevin Durant, I think Jason Tatum. You look at your dual threats. The guys that's got to play both ends. The really the really thi- the thing that the freak of nature is obviously Kevin Durant is the guy that you'll see the most that people would kind of ride for, but the guys that are good at creating their shots, they can also finish at the room very well. And that's exactly what James Harden, Kevin Durant both do. Yeah. And Kyrie Irving, which is terrifying because they all play together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. At least for road games. All right. Let's jump into our NBA question of the day. Um, okay. You can pick one coach to start your team with. It's got to be a current coach. So you can't go back and pick Phil Jackson. Mm. Who are you picking?
0: current coach to coach my team going forward
1: yep you're you're an you're an expansion team you're the seattle supersonics and you get to pick any coach you want in the league who are you Doesn't picking matter.
0: nobody's off limits that's really tough but you
1: only get them going forward so you you know pop would be a good pick but He's you might only older, get pop for three or years. five yeah. years maybe at most at
0: most yeah um
1: i have my pick already decided Am put, I allowed to
0: steal Brad Stevens from the front office and bring him back in? Or no,
1: he's got to be a coach. Damn. Mm. Um, I feel like you're going to kick yourself once I say mine. Probably, because I'm blanking. Eric
0: Spolster would be a guy I'd think about.
1: That's who I would take immediately, um, without question.
0: Eric Spolster would definitely be at the top of my list. I would look, and I'm drastically overreaching, especially trying to put him in the same conversation as Spolster, but like... um. Monty Williams, the Phoenix Suns head coach, I would definitely take a look at. Um, I think Nick Nurse is a little unproven, but if some of the top options were kind of taken off the board, I'd look at Nick Nurse in Toronto, maybe. Nate McMillan in Atlanta would be an under the radar pick. But definitely Spolstra would be at the top of the board. And if Popovich was 50, I definitely – he'd be at the top of the list as well.
1: I I would pick Spolstra first. Billy Donovan was someone who snuck into that conversation for me. I've never been a huge Billy Donovan fan, but also –
0: I've never understood why. It's just because I only watched him in OKC, and I hated the way that team played.
1: Well, so here's the thing. Yeah, when he had Paul George and – I never watched him at Florida, and I haven't really watched him as the Bulls head coach. So he was a great coach in Florida. Um Which I don't doubt. In OKC, I don't think it was his fault as much as it was. like It was a weird
0: roster. That
1: roster was hard to put together and make work.
0: Yeah, and it's also hard for you to be a rookie head coach and to be like, hey, Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony and Paul George, you're listening to me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) that's, That's how you ruin a locker room. So yeah, he was put in a weird spot, I and know.
1: then towards the end, I feel like he did a great job with that team. In, yeah. his last couple of years there, and then what yeah. he's done in Chicago has yeah, I was been like I need
0: to start watching some Bulls games because they're
1: doing something right. He he, I feel like he's he's gonna he's a great coach. I really I really believe that Billy Donovan's a great coach. Yeah,
0: Spolster's definitely the answer there, hundred percent.
1: Tom Thibodeau? No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Where would he be at on the list?
1: Like he, he would he be, be the
0: tenth option.
1: I and I've said this before. Thibodeau makes C plus guys play like B plus guys. He doesn't make A guys gel into an A plus team. Fair enough. That's that's the problem with Thibodeau is like and, and he takes
0: your eight seed and makes it a five seed. Exactly. He doesn't take your five seed to a two seed. To
1: a two seed. That's that's the difference with Thibodeau. Fair enough. Whereas Mike D'Antoni, like, it just depends on how my roster was structured. Mm. So, yeah, I love Thibodeau right now for the next roster. Like, I, if we – but if we got – if we added a bunch of stars, I don't know if I'd want to keep Thibodeau around is the problem. If you win,
0: got a Giannis and a – if you win, got KD and Kyrie in the offseason.
1: Right, like, yeah. Kyra I don't would. know if I'd want Thibodeau to be the coach in that mm. scenario, you know. That's that's my problem with Thibodeau. Thibodeau falls into that category, and I felt this way about Brad Stevens. He might I, be the
0: perfect coach for an expansion team, honestly. That
1: exactly. <laughs> that's why, and that's he what, may be and he I, may be the expansion team. And coach. I look at what Billy Donovan did towards his end of his run with K, OKC, and he had that team playing pretty well. I mean, Chris Paul took him to the playoffs that that's year. True. You know, you know what, a, what I mean? They had like a
0: thirty-one percent chance to make the postseason, and they did it. And they so, did it, and then they pushed the first team. I think a 16 series, if I remember right.
1: So. Yeah. So I, I yeah, that, those are the kind of coaches I would think about. I mean, obviously Spolstra, has been great with stars, been great without stars. I just think he's a great coach overall. Yeah, he is. I think he yeah. also lucked into having Pat Riley be his exact too. So you
0: couldn't ask for a better front office guy to run with. Yes, and I absolutely. think and another thing, I the reason. It's impossible to, like, not like Spolstra because he's so good at his job and everything. And the, how he got there. He started as, like, a, a videographer for their scout team and became a head scout. Became a scout, then a head scout, and assistant coach. You and know, worked like, his way just up. Worked as, he's been in that. What's crazy, he's been the head coach for 10, 12, 15 years. Has he's he? been with that organization for, like, 35, 40 years now since wow. sanity, like since he was a 22-year-old, since he was my age.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. That's really nuts, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and He's been with them, and he's just worked his way up the ladder, and he's now probably the best coach in the NBA, if not definitely in the conversation.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: All right. That's it. Episode 15 in the books, week 18 of football, which is so crazy because I'm so happy there's an extra week. I cannot believe we're here already. Like I was watching Blue. the roundup from Week 17, and I was like, where the hell did the time go?
1: Flew by, absolutely. So nuts.
0: Ready for the postseason. I'm ready for the offseason, obviously, as a Ravens fan, more than the postseason. Um, it's always an exciting time. For, for a team that has a good front office, it's exciting. For a team that makes the playoffs, obviously, that's exciting as well. So uh, despite there being an extra regular season game, we still have a lot of football left. There's always going to be football to talk about. And I'm, I'm honestly really excited to talk about the offseason.
1: We're not off until the Super Bowl, right? We should have an ep- episode we every should. week. We should.
0: Yeah, uh, i would got to clear that with the head Honcho, but I'm going to fight for that, I'll tell you that much. Um, so that's going to do it for episode 15. Make sure you guys listen to BDL uh, this, this week as well. Me and Sam will be doing that on Friday. So uh, other than that, we'll see you guys for episode 16 next week. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you then.